Straight Riffin is filming through the live internet audience. I am riffin'. Mitch is riffin'. What more can I say? Straight, straight riffin'. Do you know how fucking desperate I am for some comfort in my life? I need that pillow. This show is intended for mature audiences only. I've seen a lot of this. I don't know how much more disgusting this experience could get. Are you really not having a good time? I'm having a fantastic time. I just can't believe how disgusting you are. I kept yelling, I'm, I'm not going to whip the dick out. We talked about that. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Featuring your host, Mitch Marzoni. I don't walk around going like, hey, I'm really weird. Look at me, I'm weird. As far as I'm concerned, I'm perfectly normal. It's uh, it's a litmus test for people. I'm a hate mercenary. Yeah. All right. All right. Hate mercenary. Hate, hate, hate for hire. Hate for hire. I should put a bit of scuzz. There are two victimless crimes, all right? One, jerking off when your window's open. Two, <laughs> necrophilia. I'm confessing to a large-scale crime. Okay. All right. right Legs akimbo engaged in sexual discourse. Come on, man. What kind of guest are you? It's archive for posterity. Great internet. So, uh, it'll, uh, it'll come back to haunt you every day. It's time to riff. Oh, that is right, bitches and motherfuckers. It is October 8th, 2012, episode 82, and it is time to riff the fuck on. I am your host, Reverend Mitch, and with me, as always, but distracted as per I ain't usual, never been distracted in my life, baby. Eyes on is the hater for hire, eyes. the difficult brown, Mr. Teddy, TMI Tutson, how the fuck are you, sir? I tell you what, a damn sure ain't distracted right now. I'm about to bust out the old okey-doke on all y'all motherfuckers. Watch the left, hit come to right, the revolution will not be televised. Holla at your boy, Mitch Riffopoulos. Let's get it. All right. I actually understood all that. <laughs> Once again. So we're doing good. We're doing good. And uh, he has not been on the podcast in a while. Happy to have him back, Mr. Derek Lemos. How the fuck are you, sir? That was absolutely epic. <laughs> wow. We've changed some things yeah, since yeah. the last time you've arrived. Yeah, that was it really feels like it's a real upgrade. show now, right? Like we have a studio and all this. So, no. We're going to get a yeah. soundbite board. No, I got I got soundbites. Are you kidding yeah. me? Back the fuck off. There you got go. Soundbites nice. for days. Yeah, nice. I can. Uh... Everything is bacon and puppies. There you go. <laughs> I know. I realize the world would be such sound... a better place if everything was bacon and puppies, right? That's sort it of the really point. It really is. It is a straight riff and catchphrase that we're trying to get widespread. Uh, we really need everyone to pick up on bacon and puppies. I will hey, jump everybody. on that. We're all gonna get laid. So there you go. next time, all next right. time things are real copacetic. Hey, baby, it's bacon and puppies. Ba- everything's bacon and puppies, baby. Who is gonna escalate a situation? After you say it's all bacon and puppies, yeah. anyone is a terrorist. Terrorist, a terrorist. Yeah. That's who would do that. So yeah. attention, Department of Homeland Security. There, there are too many. There are too many. Certainly, if you're if you're uh, you know in in presence of let's say a crime, and you're going, hey, you're going to be the lookout. Yeah. There's a lot of things that could go wrong. Right. If you're like, it's good, it's good. That could go yeah. anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. What's There's, good? Yeah. But. If I, like, go, if I say it's all bacon and puppies, it's got the well, built-in code bacon. factor too, yeah. right? Because like, then on the outside, everybody's like, "What do you mean it's all bacon and puppies?" And then the confusion. Your team has just enough time to strike. They're thinking, steal "Wait, the Jade Monkey." They know we're here because they're talking about cops, bacon. I get it, I get it. But who's the puppies? Right? It's all brilliant. The dog pound here. So, Riffopolis, take it to the streets, please. Boom, yeah. do it. It's all bacon and puppies. Everything's what's, bacon and puppies. So, what's new in your hood, man? What's been Dude, going down? I, um, I had a near meltdown, like. Maybe a month ago, I did a show for Victoria in Palm Springs. 
Um, this be Victoria Avalon. Yeah, Victoria Avalon. Uh, shout out to Victoria Avalon. Hey, well done. Yeah. Shout out there. Right. She, yeah, she got a nice little show going. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She asked me to be on it. And literally the night of, I, I'm driving down from here to, I grew up in Palm Springs, so it was like going home. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, I remember you guys have been friends for since. High you, school. High school, yeah, because yeah. you both went, you were Yeah, both we both went Palm to Palm Springs. Springs. Yeah. yeah. Did did one of you kind of pull the other into comedy, or were you both kind of knowing that this was a pursuit that you wanted to do when you were kind of becoming friends? Um. Well, I. I don't know. When we were becoming friends, we were both interested in acting, and that was like the extent of it. We didn't know shit else. And she went to Just, school. We got to get out of Palm Springs. Yeah, right. yeah, no, <laughs> she, yeah. Right. She she was awesome and went to school, and I was just working shitty jobs. Yeah, uh, you know. And then she kind of fell into it, and I did probably about the same time. I mean, I think we both have been in the game for about two years. Okay. Uh, but she anyway, she booked the show. And literally, like the night of the show, I'm sitting there and I'm going over my set, like the set I've been I've been working on and building for like the last two years. Uh, it's really taken shape, and I was I thought I was happy with it. I had like 45 minutes, and I was I was really happy and I was solid with it. And then I had this moment of like, what the fuck am I doing? Uh, the I hate this shit. Like I looked at everything, looked at all of my notes, like all of my different set lists, and I was like, I don't want to do this. How close are you to going on stage before your before your freak out start to kick in? Like two, three comics away. Okay. So we right. each had we each had about ten minutes. You're you're so in you're half. in the witching hour basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, Been there. Yeah. Been there. <laughs> And there was, like, no turning back. There was right. literally no turning back. So I went ahead and did it, and I felt awful. Mm. Um, and I, I wrote about it. Like I, I've, I'm been, I've been reading up on the blog there. I'm, yeah, I'm really glad, that. dude. Yeah. That makes me really happy. Uh, for those of you listening, gettingthelight.com. That's, I contribute with a bunch of other comedians from Orange County. Uh, the post in particular I'm talking about is called Throwing in the Towel. I, I think that's that. the one I read. That was like, it, was a, it was a very, I was like... I didn't know which way you were going with it because mm-hmm. it was you left in this uh, you know to be continued of like eh, this might be it I might be done now. yeah and that's honestly where I was I didn't yeah. know if I wanted to continue right um, but uh, a couple of good friends of mine were encouraging me they're like dude just start over I mean like it's it could be that easy for you that is the one that is the one benefit of comedy and the creative craft that it is in its nature is that. Because it is so individual, if you really do just feel that level of disgust with what you're doing, you can just toss anything out that you want to and start from scratch with a totally blank canvas, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Because yeah. you're, you're the only person that you have to respond to creatively in that sense. And if you don't feel good about what you're going on stage and taking to a bunch of disparate strangers, then... No one else is going to really enjoy it. You know, yeah. that's, that's where yeah. it starts. So, And you get the convenience of, like, nobody's going, oh, he didn't do my favorite bit. Right. Exactly. Uh, so that's 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 interesting. I mean, yeah, I'm nobody. Like right. nobody's I'm like, oh, way, do yeah. that joke, do that. I'm nobody. Yeah, nobody's ever nobody said cares. It. Yeah. yeah, and um, I was because that was the thing I referenced too. I was like, guys, you know who who were already kind of on their way. Uh, like Bill Hicks, he was he was already pretty established when mm-hmm. he when he changed his format when he got diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when he he really. That's when he gave Dennis Leary his comedy special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't have that luxury. I mean, it's either I throw all this shit away and start back at nothing, or, you know, like, I just, I trudge along and, and hate it. Like, hate every minute of it. Um, 
I think it's better to do it early. Better to throw it out mm, as often yeah. as you can. I mean, I, you know, it's it's a weird thing. I mean, I've I've never. I don't think I've had. Uh, maybe I've reached the point that it sounds like that you were at. But I've certainly been mm-hmm. not before a show. After a show, I've certainly been like late night walking to the bus. Like the self loathing is just yeah. at eyeball level. Where you're like, oh, what the fuck am I doing with my existence? Yeah. But I think material. I get frustrated with my material sometimes in the sense that like. Uh, if you don't, if it's get, you get in that weird place where you don't write for a while, and then you have the ideas just kicking around in your head, and then when you finally do get around to writing, you go, why do I not do this more often? It's a really enjoyable thing, but it's really tough to get yourself over that mental hump. So I find myself stuck there a lot of times when like, I don't, I don't have whatever impetus to then take all the ideas that are swirling and then force myself to sit down and be like, all right, let's bang it out right now. So then sometimes it'll just end up going on stage one night when, you know, it's a smaller crowd and you're just kind of playing around. But then that sets you up for that even though you're just kind of having fun or whatever, you still have that expectation in your head of, all right, this is the first time I'm rolling is this it out. Funny? Is this and enough? you will beat yourself up furiously, yeah. you know, if it doesn't go that way. So it's it's even more dangerous, I feel like, in that regard. But, uh, I mean, I mean what's nice is you got nothing to lose. But, right. I, I mean, I've, I've just had the, like, the thing that, you know, studying comedy and everything else um, over the years, the thing that I've just come to sort of my, my big... Uh, Revelation in the last I don't know year or so has just been that, especially you know you we we do shows at you know the Improv Comedy mm-hmm. Store whatever have you you go there and you could see comics that you really like they're friends of yours you know yeah. ten of them in a row and then somebody some famous comedian Chris Rock or Louis C K whatever come in and read off a sheet of paper yeah and it's genuinely funny you're genuinely laugh you're not just giving them pity laughs the first minute or so sure but then after that it's not pity laughs it's like it's like it's genuinely funny. And if anybody else was doing that material, it wouldn't wouldn't really work. It wouldn't have the punch. But Mm -hmm. they have a charisma. They have an attitude. They have a... And there's also the rapport. Yeah. Yeah, there's a rapport, but they're comfortable. They're... they're, You like... you, you, It's that thing of, like, you want to laugh with them. And as cheesy as, you know, I I know a lot of, like, younger comics get really angry when people say, oh, uh, you know, my agent says I need to be more likable. And they get all angry, like, I'm I'm going against the grain. But they're really what it is, what it comes down to, is if an audience likes you, wants to laugh with you then you can do whatever the fuck you want up there you can get away with whatever you want so it's almost like i i guess for me it's taken that pressure off of me recently where i'm not so i'm not so focused on every word of every bit i do i don't i don't necessarily sit down like i used to write full Mm -hmm. sentences and and like i'm this is the this is the way i'm going to deliver this exact line and now i'm like more vibe oriented like i just i'm just going like if I'm if if we're good, if I got a vibe going, like I can go to this bit or I can go to that or I could fuck this bit up entirely. I uh, I, I find myself sort of on the flip side where I get not necessarily the specificity of the words and so on and so forth, but there is that need for some sort of structural framework sure. linguistically. So like I might flip it in some way in terms of the cadence or in terms of the approach or the tempo or whatever, but I need some sort of established idea idea to work within sure. to yeah, then absolutely. riff out yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's yeah. one of the things that I kind of noticed about myself really early on when I first started doing sets, and it was a lot of... It would seem like exposition, you know, mm. but I I just started writing the way it would sound in my head as I was telling the joke, and it happened to be, you know, written just sort of in a paragraph form or whatever, and there were no discernible punchlines, but I just would know what rhythm to hit 
where to pause or whatever. Certain notes, yeah. You know? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I, like, I think, and that's one of the But things. I think that's part of what I'm saying. That's part of, like, that's your personality. Right. Or your yeah. comedy personality. Per right, se. yeah. You know, like, the, the stage, like, uh, your cadence, I guess, is probably mm. the best way to put it. If you have a cadence built up, then you can deliver anything at any time because right. you know like okay and then i'm gonna punch on this and then i'm gonna you know I'll hold back on this right. and you do that where you ebb and flow and things like that and uh you know it, mitch hedberg is a, is a great example of that where it's like you just really love the guy like there's yeah. you know you never hear a bad story about mitch hedberg he was a dick you know you don't hear yeah. anything like he was just a good motherfucker on top of that the material is hilarious He's written a fucking down brilliant writer man absolutely brilliant writer and then there are sometimes on his especially if you heard his last one do you believe in gosh the post-mortem cd or whatever post what's the is that you yeah, yeah. posthumous i think po- yeah, right. Posthumous, po- posthumous, posthumous, posthumous. I guess we we'll have to ask Jay. Yeah, to <laughs> <laughs> ring a bell. Here we, yeah. go, here we go. Come on, this is How our first Jay time. Say. This is our first time yeah, trotting. Finally, out. using it for the right yeah. purposes. Posthumous, posthumous. Post- I found out the other day that I was saying uh, aforementioned wrong. It's aforementioned, and I was like, I think that's just a difference. How Jay say did not say it both ways, unlike strength. Oh, uh, so what? let's see. Let's see. Hold on. Posthumous. Huh? It's posthumous. Posthumous. There you go. Okay. All right. All right. All Settled. Right. Settled. There. All right. Yeah. You want right. the uh, the aforementioned? Yeah. yeah. It, what, right. So how do you pronounce it again? Aforementioned. That's how you were pronouncing it. I was aforementioned. Pro- I was pronouncing it aforementioned. Oh, I've always aforementioned. Does it make a difference okay. that he has a yes, British accent? Yes, it does. Because they they put well, the, he became the authority because I gave Teddy shit about saying strength instead of strength. <laughs> that's so just, long. That's black talk. Though. Uh, no, sir. No, sir. <laughs> Allow Jay to say otherwise. Holler at him. This Jay. is what happened. When I pulled it up on the show. Strength or strength. Face, bitch. Face. <laughs> Face, bitch. Boom. Boom. Okay. Shout out. Black people. We did it. Dictionary, baby. Miriam Webster's. What up? There you go. See, you got the cadence. You got the perfect example. See? You can just do that. You know what I mean? I can't. Yeah, if I got up on stage and I was like, yeah, Miriam Webster, what? Like, I had, you know, well, I think, when people were like, what, what well, the hell like, happened that's to like, Mitch? It's, it's just your style. It's the, sh- when I, when you, if you were to ask me, like, wh- Teddy Toxin, like, as a comedian, what do you think? And I see that, because like, you're angry very... Angry black man. <laughs> well, not even angry. You're not like, you're not like D.L. Hughley angry or Chris Rock angry. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. D.L. Hughley's angry? He's got a couple of bits that are, that are pretty like, isn't this fucking stupid? I mean, he's... Maybe I've been... I Spend too much time in Teddy's private life, but I would. I have, I've always called you the angry black man. Well, there's, <laughs> How there's I like, know him. You, you, you. I don't know if you've seen Teddy once. It's like you have this energy on stage, and there, it's like you're very passionate in on Facebook. Like I know that about you. You know, you're posting shit. Every Back day. the fuck like, off. <laughs> That's the shit that's going on. Just telling you that. So when, when it transfers on stage, you have this like bigger, just like, you know, this is what's going on. And like, bam! I, difficult brown, words to live by. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of where that comes from. Um, I don't know. I oh, think shit, we've, we've talked. I think we've kind of talked about this maybe a, a while back, but uh, Mitch, you and I. But um, 
I was always really heavily influenced as a kid. Like, a lot of people were, especially in my generation, with professional wrestling. Because mm. it was just, like, the most amazingly charismatic yeah. performers. I mean, to go in this audience of just, like, 50,000 people and then make yourself this larger-than-life villain. that people would not only boo you, boo but, like, you throw and, beer yeah. cans at you and, like, see you on the street and be like, I don't give a fuck if you're not that person. I hate you. I, hate you. I know it's all fun. It's real to me, motherfucker. It's real. It's all still real to me, damn. And, like, yeah. I remember the I first time... That I saw a Ric Flair backstage promo, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "God damn, that is fucking like that is the definition of charisma." And just the way that you could just and you know that like some of it was scripted and some of it was just just improv, right? And then that just that fluidity though, where you didn't know where the line was. A painting is being painted, a portrait rather is being painted in my head of a young Teddy going, "I'm gonna hate like that one day." That's gonna. I'm gonna hate like Ric Flair. Uh, I'm gonna hate like that one. Hate like Ric Flair is going on. I can just see him sitting there, like, like that's. Shawn Michaels was my definitive wrestler. Probably Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels are the top two. He talks that way when he gets political on this show. You know, he's very like, I will find them. You know, you're like it could always. It's gonna be a rumble in the jungle, Raleigh, North Carolina. <laughs> Can always ain't be gonna be no, ain't gonna elky doke me this time, motherfucker. Seven days from now, when you go to the voting booth with a ballot and your mind, some forth. That's <laughs> on the yeah. board. I'm gonna hate like Ric Flair. Thank there you, you go. Boom. That's great. That's uh, sorry, just. <laughs> have you ever seen the photo of, of young Teddy? No, I have oh, not. It's the most beautiful thing you'll ever oh, see. Oh, God. It'll thing. make you cry. Uh, if it doesn't, you're not human. My lady, my lady put up... Uh, it's, it was like in the bathroom. It's I in the, she like, like it's she strategically did it uh, 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 where she placed it she you know had like a little thing above the you know toilet so you got like all her like fucking oh, jewelry and history, and things of nature and stuff you know and, no, no, no. come on uh, we don't live like animals yeah, here come on it's <laughs> a fucking studio man Jeez. Christ, man uh, so she has this it's this picture of me at like a water park when I am maybe like nine ten years old mm-hmm. you know I'm very very young still pre adolescent if you will mm-hmm. and there's a, a waterfall just cascading down on my back and I'm like arched back just like arms all the way out just like Ugh. gleeful smile right like no it's more just like i'm so innocent and happy like i'm at the water park and like it's cold but it's great his mouth physically could not get wider and it was like just it was ear to ear like it was i don't think he could fake this came out of the restroom made him yeah if and if i did have that smile today you would like be able to see the like fucking american Uh indian sadness like single tear rolling down probably physically hurt you to do it right but Mitch came out of the came out of the restroom when he saw that picture for the first time, and uh, he was like fucking just like overcome. He's like, oh, oh god, oh god. And I was like, and I looked at her and I was like, this is exactly what you fucking planned for, wasn't it? And she's like, yep. I want all your friends to fucking come out of the restroom in tears. And yeah. I was like, damn it, damn it. What kind of fuck? And, like, and, then, and then of course he came. Of course they want to talk about it. Do you know what I mean? I mean, he be like, like we got to go to the water park. Right? <laughs> I hate water parks. But I was like, I'm gonna take. Is that where you ought to be? <laughs> I'd rather I go mean, there. Not, not for nothing, but beating should, the stereotype a little bit, but that's fine. I should I mean, have been a marine biologist. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now I do need to take you to. Uh, no, I don't. I really don't. Or some shit. That is like it is a very it is a very uh, like it's it's tough. It's tough to see like those kind of pictures of you as a kid. Yeah, you know I mean, when you were like happy. Well, like it's a fucking <laughs> like life just. It's not even like the happy. It's yeah, just yeah. like the fucking it, like the just so naivety. Naive. You just yeah. don't even know. Don't even kid. know. And like that's what Mitch like when Mitch like like oh you fucking kid like is your is your dad still alive? Yeah, yeah you don't even know. You don't even you don't know, know sadness. You don't know what right? pain is. You're like it's like you could see like the fucking grim. Reaper behind yeah. me in some fucking swim shorts. He's like, "Ah, oh, kid, yeah, just- give me those negatives. I gotta <laughs> analyze this, those. This could be a really awesome bit. It's like you know how fucked up kids are. Like in America, they're like, oh, I didn't get the iPod five. It's like, bitch, you're not making shoes in a sweatshop. You should be happy." I was reading a uh, profile. It was a great uh, long form piece in Vanity Fair that uh, followed this the story of this Indian kid back in the 80s. Uh, him and his brother would go and play around not too far away from, like, like a thousand miles from Calcutta. Uh, so his brother and him, you know, like kind of forge out from the mm-hmm. from their small town and he had this really good memory. He knew how to get back or whatever so he got more brave and brave and then they would take the trains and, you know, forge for coins and stuff. You know, their dad had left them a long time ago, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. His brother and him are on a train. His brother says, I'm going to go to this other car. You know, like, stay here. I'll be back for you. The kid falls asleep, wakes up, fucking doesn't recognize anything out the window, can't find his brother. He's just on the train. He just spends, like, weeks riding the train Looking to and fro, brother. Calcutta, ruining for his brother. And then he, like, ends up almost kidnapped by some pedophile in a Indian village. You know, he escapes there. And then he ends up with someone who, like... Uh, sends him to basically like an orphanage. The orphanage ends up putting him up for adoption, uh-huh. and he oh, gets picked by a nice uh, uh, Australian uh, family. So he, he is all in the 80s, so he gets adopted by the family in Australia, um, you know, lives, and he has all these memories haunting him about this life in India and yeah. all these things, like whether or not they're real. He grows up. High school goes off to college, you know, does his thing, and then he's working for his parents at their company, has a girlfriend, and then he just spends his nights on Google Earth. Uh, looking for his He's, he's no, we're not we're looking for his village because he's forgotten okay. how to speak Hindi now. Okay. He doesn't know his native language, you know. So he's like he's he pinpoint a radius. He uses the math that he learned in college to figure out if I was traveling on the train this yeah. many hours at this many speed, what would? And so he finds his radius, and then he goes through and like over the course of like years, finally finds his town mm. in uh, on Google Earth, and then finds a Facebook group, and you know is like, hey, do you remember this town with this name? And then like the moderator keeps giving him more details yeah. and details, and then he ends up flying back uh to the village and uh he like he finds the house that he thought he his family up, was yeah. in and they're like no they don't live here anymore and he is devastated and then someone points him to his mother you know and like turned out that you know so he has a big huge family reunion and she's just overcome that's amazing she apparently went to a fortune teller a few years after he left and she was like you will be reunited with your boy and that's the thing that gave her the strength and so you know she finally like asked where his brother is and it turns out that a week after he disappeared his brother was found on a train track split in two. Oh. Wow. So, uh the sheer the sheer <laughs> <laughs> It got ser- it got serious twice tonight. We opened up sad. We're only in we're, this for like 30 minutes right now, baby. Sad. Yes. This is just the sheer journey Emotional of Emotional rollercoaster. The sheer journey that kid took is exactly why India is going to overtake us in the next 20 years. <laughs> well, I mean, that, I mean, you know, it's it's interesting well, like his his father totally supported him. His Australian father supported him. His mother was like worried about him going back because she's she was saying what if the thing that you feel like is so true, they got rid of you because they needed 
one less mouth to feed, which mm-hmm. happened a lot in the 80s, yeah, you yeah. know? So, yeah, it makes sense. You sure. know what I mean? Like, you've got both parents kind of giving you the devil and the angel on the shoulder, and he is just, like, consumed by this thing, and he he says that, you know, he well, didn't even think about... Age, I was resting in Crocs. Get out there and phone your family there. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what harm can I do? It's just a train ride. Oh, uh, yeah, right? And, Here, uh, take my knife. He he uh, he talks about how Foster's uh, <laughs> Australian for family problems or something. Oh God, I would love to see I a Foster's commercial with like an Indian refugee. There. <laughs> oh, dude, have you seen... like they like see him? He's like newborn. <laughs> have you seen the 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 Australian KFC commercial? It is so incredibly racist. There's a dude, uh, you can pull up on YouTube. I there will. there is a, a white dude and a crowd of like soccer fans. Oh, that oh. And they're playing like the, Oh, I remember the that one. and they're banging and like on we drums. don't we don't like no, and it's you know, loud and you know he's that's like racist. Oh yeah, and then he and then like it cuts to a a, a it cuts to the chicken and it zooms back to him and he's got a bucket of chicken everybody is quietly eating. It's it's like that it it's oh, damn. Uh it's weird to see some of those all, things. If, if, honestly, if I just type in like Australian racist commercial, there's like <laughs> it doesn't stop. There's well, a lot of them. For McDonald's, a nation, for a nation, uh, you know, that was bred from criminals. Like they're pretty conservative. Well, I mean, Australia's got some uh, got some things. India though is very you, I mean, fascinating. They they, they they went through the, the, what we went through with American Indians. They went through with uh, yeah, Aborigines. Aborigines. Uh, and, uh, but and that, but that was far more recent. That was like. 30 years ago, not like hundreds. Not, they don't get to be like, nah, nah, nah it didn't happen. <laughs> it's like literally it's, like it's still going. Yeah. Everyone so. alive remembers when it happened. Uh, so, like, but, uh, I was going to say in oh, here, here's your, your, also, here's oh, here, your, here, uh, we got the, we got this one. Okay. Here's your, uh, there, yeah, that's commercial. it. Cricket. Cricket survival guide. I don't know. Yeah. This is racist. Need a tip when you're stuck in an awkward situation. Too easy. KFC's crowd pleaser. A huge variety of delicious... That was not the same commercial, but is it because he was sitting around a bunch of black women that, like, it's racist because he gave somebody chicken? I'm confused. Uh, it's it's one of those things that they don't have enough people in their executive chain to be like, this should <laughs> this not might air. not be a good idea. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, the fact that it I'm even it. fucking made it out of the cutting room floor if shows somebody had, you... Somebody had to green light it. Somebody right? had to give that a thumbs up. Well, it's like it's like in India there's a big problem <laughs> taking, like, where they're... Taking, this, taking uh, all the things that led up to it actually airing. There's like <laughs> just weeks of work <laughs> getting all the right shots. Right. Let's get a stadium scene. Well, right, yeah. You know what I mean? There's a, there was a lot of people that Let's had go back to, to that all initial along the way. pitch meeting. <laughs> Someone's like, I want a Here's guy. Here's what I'm thinking. He's surrounded by people. Yeah, what kind of people? Um, we'll fill that in later. <laughs> what is it? Hooligans? Yeah, soccer right. fans? Yeah, okay. Uh, bring me all the black extras you can find. Uh, no, I was, I was trying to say, in India, they have a big problem in recent years with a lot of skin whitening mm. creams and how companies like Nivea are advertising, like, light and skin is so the lighter the better. And it's it's the same how thing. How pissed are all the fucking racist uh, advertising companies of your today that, like, we can just see that? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Fucking twenty years ago, right. you don't just you just had like a crazy uncle. But like I was over in Japan, you should see the shit they're talking. 
Yeah. Like like the Sony commercials that air over there. Woo. Right. Well, that's why all the celebrity commercials, that's why that was yeah. the whole thing. Like, no celebrities did American commercials, but you fucking, that's why on YouTube you see crazy Japanese yeah. commercials with like George Clooney and Brad Pitt because yeah. they can just. For relaxing time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make it Santori time. <laughs> <laughs> or like all these people doing commercials in Italy, but it's it's so weird how those things are these open secrets. Mm-hmm. I feel You're like done that's... raping your wife. <laughs> Have a Foster's. <laughs> This isn't going to air in the States, is it? All right. I'll do that line again. When you're done raping the wife next door. All right. Uh, we just signed a contract with America today, so... Uh, I'm sure this will never cross the, cross the Great Divide. What, someone going to create some sort of channel where you can watch things online from history and archives? Ha! Huh. Poppycock. I merged a lot of countries together. Yeah, that was, uh, it was like Welsh and Australian. <laughs> I, I was going to uh, let him go. Hey, I was going to say, I just okay. wanted to see how bit like Voltron accent. Um, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was letting it slide, man. I do have a hilarious video that's somewhat related to this, uh, insofar as like the, the, uh, the sadness of other worlds. Oh, I know what I was going to say. After your video, I got it. Well, um, I they they've done this study apparently many times. But this is the first time I've ever heard of it or seen it on video. But they they do a study with certain animals on on unequal pay. Llama, where they'll they'll have two animals next to each other and then sort of quote unquote pay them oh. in a way and just oh, to yes, see how they react. Very, so here is how it's 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 heartening and very monkeys. cute, yep. but also very upsetting. Mm. So here is capuchin monkeys, as long as it ain't um, bro. unequally it ain't bro. paid. In in uh, cages right next to each other. Is the monkey who gets cucumber. The one on the right is the one who gets grapes. The one who gets cucumber. Note that the first piece of cucumber is perfectly oh, fine. I don't know why the video eats. wants to take forever uh, to show. And I think then it's just the, the other one gets connection. You will see what happens. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah. So she gives a rock to us. That's the task. And we give her a piece of cucumber, and she eats it. The other one needs to give a rock to us. And that's what she does. Oh. Uh. And she gets a grape. And she eats it. The other one sees that. She gives a rock to us now. Gets again cucumber. (laughs) Monkey throws the cucumber back. Says, fuck your cucumber. I want the grape. I want the grape. He's over there going, where's my grape? That's not funny. That's not funny. That's not a fucking revolution happens. That's, that's that is how that's Rise of the Planet boom. of the Apes happened. That's not hilarious. Oh, you man. fucking dumbass scientist. Yep. That is... No, that, wait, watch, watch this is, time. Watch what happens the second time. Hold on. Hold on. Watch this. Now he's like, give me the fuck. I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna ch- choke that bitch. Right? I'm going to so strangle her face the off. So there you go. Yeah, exactly. No, it, it, that's exactly it. it. He's like, it's basically the Wall Street revolution. It, no, that's exactly what it is. That is the fucking Stanford prison experiment, okay? <laughs> yes. That is yes. how murder happens, fucking uh, professional academics, okay? I remember when uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes came out with the trailer, okay? And this I was like, this movie, style, this movie I'm never going to see this movie, okay? Well, but but there was the style. one scene with the fucking black dude in the rotunda where the camera was swirling around him and he was just looking up at all the monkeys and his face was like, I am the only motherfucker in here who knows how deep shit is. And I was like, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it right now. I'm seeing it just for when that black dude gets murdered. And he's like, I told y'all. I told you. That's, that's, I still haven't seen it though. But I will see it someday. 
and only because I need to prepare myself because these motherfuckers is well, training Well, this will make you happy then. Are you sure happy is the right word, Mitch? This might, yeah. This might. Uh, you know those, those... Did they kill those monkeys? Is that what you're going to show me? You're going to show me a video of them killing them like you know too much? And that's when, no, the, no, that's no. when the next monkey starts wearing a shirt with Che on it. Right. And- that's no, when, this that's is, when uh, he starts painting. We will never forget <laughs> in his fucking cage. Like, you know, you know how you, you know you get those captures that have like words, yeah. and you're like, "That's not a word." Yeah. you know what I mean. Whatever have you. So somebody, the civil rights defenders, uh, civilrightsdefenders.org, have come up with a new captcha. Uh, where they give you a sentence and ask you how you feel about the sentence. It's a civil rights case. Okay. They'll give you a civil rights case in a sentence and ask you how you feel about it. Okay. And the, the idea is only a human would know how a human should feel uh-huh. about that sentence. So in regards to empathy or? Uh, yeah, well, I'll give you some examples. Uh, and, and this also prevents Mitt Romney from reading any articles, you see. <laughs> Uh, human rights defender Natalia Estmirova was abducted outside her home in Chechnya and shot dead later that day. How does that make you feel? Quite joyful, troubled, or oval? <laughs> See, a human uh, outside, of, again, well, I wouldn't say outside of Ben Romney. We, uh, human, he's, he's a human. Fair. He would be like, oh, I guess I'd feel oval about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think they probably don't want me to say quite joyful. I can't. I, well, I think, I'm going to go with oval. Well, you know what happened. You know oval. what happened with Mitt Romney. Here, I'll give you another. Is, one. He uh, would su- he would submit it. You know, it's, it's early and it's like, yeah, this troubles me. And now that he's running for president, this uh, I am joyous because of this. I feel like every every. <laughs> I feel would... very oval about the U.S. economy. Well, who uh, ran the the parliament in St. Petersburg recently passed a law that forbids homosexual propaganda. How does that make you feel? Uh, low. Inspired or excellent? Dum, bum, bum. Well, that's a tricky one because some people could feel terrible. You could feel inspired to like do something. Right. To yeah, be that's fair. true. It's true. You know. But I, I think know, you're I not how... supposed to feel excellent. I'm my pretty point, sure that's though, the wrong my one. My point: the Romney bot though would put let's find out what it says. A skeptical question mark sure. after everything <laughs> we put in. So like fucking civil rights defenders be like, why do we have a sudden string of answers with question marks after everything? <laughs> Um, so I'll just, uh, I guess I'll, I'll write in, uh, 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 free trade. And, uh, no, 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 I guess I gotta wait five seconds. Okay, okay. okay. Um, uh, what do you got now? Uh, all right, corporations or people? Any, any luck? Oh, it's a oh, fucking, uh, no, uh, all right, all right, all right. Corporations so, are P.O. P.O. Oh, corporations and or uh, uh, citizens. See, what United, what else we got stuff. here? Uh, oh, yeah, you got more of that. So They don't have a lot of these I on here. I do feel romantic. They got to keep, uh, keep, keep refreshing. The vice minister of uh, defense in Albania, Ekrem Spahui, thinks gay should be beat up with a stick. How does that make you feel? Unhappy? I don't know what that middle one says. Solid. 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 <laughs> it goes back to the 70s. Just, how does that make you feel? Solid. Solid. My man. You going to beat him up with a stick? Solid. <laughs> Excuse me. I pe- speak jive. <laughs> you so going to uh, beat him with your pimp cane? It's, it's, a, new, it's a new capture. Get ready for that on your favorite uh, favorite websites. That'll be out there. You know what I mean? They, they need a few more. I think they've only got like 10 on them right now. So it seems like, once no, it's they, good to see them mix it up think, a little bit. Do you think more. Pam Greer gets, like, gets a small check for like 35 cents every time somebody says solid? Oh, man. If she doesn't, it's a damn American man. travesty. It's a travesty. She deserves. All right, 
I'll put I'll put thirty five cents oh. in an envelope. By the way, care uh, of Cam Pam Greer. She's gonna be, <laughs> she's gonna be like, what who is, is this? Mailing me coinage. <laughs> and uh, you just write solid on the envelope. Yeah, right. Yeah, she's like, and now there is a serial mailer on the loose. The solid coinage <laughs> bandit. Uh, I was gonna say I'm gonna get you sucker is now on Netflix. I don't know if you know this now. I'm very excited. It's in my queue. Nice. Okay. I haven't seen that movie in ages. It's also been on available on home video and DVD for over a decade. So I mean, if you were really that excited, you could have could have jumped ease, on that. Ease and convenience are not to be understated. I mean, you know, listen, just listen. saying. First of all, how can I go out and get fucking I'm gonna get you sucker on home video when every blockbuster in a twenty mile square mile radius is closed. closed okay? Yeah. A decade ago they weren't. Oh, okay. Let me just jump back in my time machine and go get some popcorn. But why would you DVD. wait this long for huh? a movie that you love I so much? I, I, what? Huh? <laughs> what are you saying right now, Mitch? I'm saying if you're so excited, like, oh my god, I haven't seen it's it. It's a movie that is great that I have forgotten. It about. is excuse definitely me, a great film. Excuse me for having blind spots in my fucking cognitive it's abilities, fine. okay? It's fine. Uh you act like you ain't never just because not everybody has a fucking DVD collection for bitches. Yeah, your DVD room. collection okay. is epic. Okay, I'm Thank sorry. You. Sorry Thank for being a fucking I normal. Your guest wants some weed. Working. Oh, sorry. A working class. So stick. I, I saw your hand go up. I assumed you. All right, my bad. Um, yeah. Well. Yes. Okay. Not ever. Not everybody. Not everybody has built a library for bitches. Uh, and that's why some of us pay seven ninety nine. I also have that. I got the Netflix. <laughs> okay, then. Premium. So why are you giving me so much shit then, man? <laughs> you just, act like you ain't never go through the new releases and see some shit that made you fucking get excited. You don't deserve no Netflix. You ain't deserve it. You know, there is a part of me that, like, whenever I see something on Netflix that I'm like, ooh, I've always, you know, I haven't seen that in years. Or, like, I get really excited. There's another part of me that dies that I didn't think to buy that ahead of time. Oh, so you don't shame mm-hmm. me for your own failures? Yeah, is that what this that's is the now? way that works. Okay. This is America, right? <laughs> <laughs> the guilt of what? Shame and in failures. this country, shame is always passed down to the next generation. That's true. Right. That's true. It's the way I was raised. <laughs> Here's a... Uh, did you know... I did not know this. I just found this out last week. Did you know that in Florida, it is illegal to ride a manatee? Like, it's happened. That's the only explanation. Like, like it's a float. Weird time. laws have happened. Yeah, See, that's, yeah. Well, I always that, love that about weird laws. It's my always because you don't. I, just, by the way, this is not wait. a story about weird laws. This is a story about a woman who turned herself in because she didn't know that it was illegal to ride a manatee in Florida. Is that her riding well, a manatee? There she is riding a manatee. Well, girl, looks like I'll applaud. And, and, it's and it's and a manatee on top of a manatee. Here's the weirdest. Oh, you bastard! The weirdest. <laughs> <laughs> the weirdest part about it is that like onlookers were going, "Oh my god, that's so illegal!" And so she turned herself in because the police were looking for the woman who rode the manatee. Uh, How greatest this... manhunt of all time. What, <laughs> what is wrong with your city or that, that you could look out and re- and remember that there's a law in the books that you don't ride manatees and like watch somebody because, well, it's, 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 a, it's that's, Florida. That's your biggest, B, yeah, right? It's Florida. Listen, you don't understand. That's son. your biggest concern. When we talk about the South, they passed down that oral tradition uh, real me, firmly. Uh, excuse okay. me, that lady was riding the manatee. I don't think that's legal here in yeah, Florida. Right. Uh, listen, uh, excuse uh, me. You might take that shit down to uh, Pensacola, okay? <laughs> but uh, in this fucking city, we don't ride no manatees. Also, by the way, no swordfish fights. I just want to point that out while we're at it. <laughs> swordfish I really jousting. Like, I really swordfish like, jousting. I want to go through some like fucking microfilm at their <laughs> local library and just see if there was like an epidemic in like the forties. Manatee of riding, people yeah. just like riding manatee. Everyone's riding manatee. Like a, it was part of it was part of the New Deal. <laughs> Evening news, <laughs> right? Like they go to the theater and it's in the fucking newsreel, <laughs> like spliced just for that logo. And like and meanwhile, while our boy.
boys in the theater, someone's back home writing all the manatees. <laughs> I did a cute it little is. PSA Listen about it. Yeah. It is unlawful for any person at any time, by any means, or in any manner, intentionally or negligently. Now, first of all, that is covering a lot of bases. Yeah. Yes. That's a yeah. lot of manatee writing. To annoy, annoy, molest, harass, or disturb, or attempt to molest, <laughs> harass, or disturb any, any manatee. manatee. That's a lot of real thorough manatee. I gotta feel like language. if I was, yeah. if I'm in Florida and I see a manatee, I go the other way because no, I don't want anybody. Much, that's you pretty much splashed what water says. at that manatee. That's yeah. the Florida. They're manatee the goths of the sea. Let act. them have their way. Yeah. Do you know what I would like? I would, like how has no one like that's I would that's a made for TV movie if I've ever seen one. <laughs> like Animal Planet, get on that shit. Find a dude who crusaded for the Florida Manatee Sanctuary Act to just be in the fucking in the well of in the Florida State House. Oh, you're like, absolutely right. There's a dude. There's a dude with a with a graying ponytail. I love that it says uh, wearing yeah. a manatee hat sitting. <laughs> He's got a manatee sitting, tie. Yeah, sitting in city hall, demanding that the manatees be protected. Authorities right? say the penalty for the woman could be up to sixty days in jail and a possible fine of five hundred dollars. Authorities don't believe any manatees were injured. It's a wild animal. It's not something to be ridden. Susan Butler, a manatee expert with the U.S. Geological <laughs> Survey in Gainesville, told the Times, "I can't say that as a biologist, biologist, I would ever, ever condone that." Or say that the manatee wanted them to do that. How do you know? Eh, I don't well, know. She's if a manatee expert, yeah. so fucking here's my badge. What the fuck do you got? I don't speak manatee's ease. Okay. Oh. Say hey. Hold on. I do. All right. <clears throat> <laughs> you sound like somebody you know in a so good. Yeah. I, oh, my God. I could That's build manatees. Like, I could build manatees are a, the goths of the sea. That's I what they sound like. You. I could literally build a three-season fucking uh, premium cable series around this one thing, man. Yeah, they're running out of they're running out of reality TV. Manatee shows. Writing. I need to bring back this. Listen, the fact that witnesses gave authorities not only her description, <laughs> That's what I'm saying, but yeah. photos of her. I mean, that people just on the beach being like, "Look at this bitch riding a manatee." Like, we don't have the Florida Manatee Sanctuary Act on I the wonder, books. I wonder if they'd be even bothered telling her. There's oh shit, she's gonna get in trouble later. Oh, that bitch doesn't even know she is. Yeah. Fucking riding a misdemeanor. That is <laughs> riding a misdemeanor. <laughs> riding a five hundred pound misdemeanor. Although there's a part of me that's like, look, here, like, like in Hollywood, you could walk a hundred people could walk walk past somebody shitting on another person on the sidewalk and, and then throwing feces at the yeah. cops, and nobody's gonna be like. Hey, you arrest that bot. They're just like, excuse me, don't get any shit on me. I've got yeah. places to go. I've got to like, go to yoga. But apparently in Florida, to to like, so nothing is going on that you can be like, oh, well, my I mean, God, I guess that's the thing, right? This is my thing, okay? And it's you know me, Mitch, all right? First of all, if I was mm-hmm. hanging out by the ocean, okay, mm-hmm. and a manatee was around, I'm not going to think to myself, <laughs> maybe I should jump on that manatee and ride him. Yeah, first I'm of all, if a manatee was like, oh, remember how I could go deep in the ocean while you get fucking crushed like a bitch? Let's do it. Okay? You know what? I, I would, would be at, that would be the fucking acute thing in my head. I'll be, manatee the, I'll don't be double's advocate, me. and I'll say, I'll jump on that fucking manatee. Yeah, I mean, think about it. They're, sh- they're torpedo shaped. Yeah. They have yeah. tiny little nubs. They're like flippers. hanging out towards the top. a picture of a manatee just to, uh, yeah, just yeah. to refresh. Other than, uh, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm, well, because this woman does like. not look like she's on a manatee so much as she's tripped when her hot dog <laughs> fell out of her hand. And she is, like, desperately fumbling to find it in the water. Yeah, what if the manatee is the it's only like thing that can save you? No. Oh, my God. Manatees are like... She's like, where is it? I found the bun. I lost my contact, everybody. <laughs> she's not riding a manatee, dude. Why is nobody helping me look? It looks like Eeyore. 
Yo, I'm not gonna ride that. Are you fucking kidding me? Or like a large they have, pug. They, they, yeah, like a, you know, that's honestly, like a pug. it looks like a Sharpay, like a really. Oh, yeah. It looks like a fat, Who? a fat Sharpay with like lobster claws. Who would ride that? They're, dude? they're nicknamed sea cows. I mean, how hard could it be to just ride a manatee? How, you know, I don't know. Uh, I gave me the whole thing. Like we we started the whole save the manatee campaign when everybody in the eighties was like, mm. I'm gonna get a speedboat, and the manatees yeah. were like, Ow! <laughs> you know, like, I, was, I was swimming here. <laughs> That's what they sound like. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my god. What are you gonna write on the oh board? Ow. Ow. I think that was a great point. <laughs> Ow. Like it was a mild inconvenience. Well that's the Nutley fucking century yeah. They're right. just they they got so much like fucking that Bulk. back. Yeah. That back. Yeah. I mean because yeah, I remember they used to show like the video and like photos of like yeah, manatees' scarring. backs with, and you're like a fucking speedboat hit you yeah, and you've got and a you nick got, yeah. in your back. So of course, I mean, look at that thing, man. Look at that thing. Ow. You wow. surprised more speedboats didn't go flying all over the fucking place, man. Well, that's what happened. So you're, you, it, they, they made a lot of laws about like, oh, you can't speedboat where there's manatees around, blah, 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 blah. They made a lot of like laws about Ooh. speedboats and manatees. So I'm guessing Florida took it one further and like, listen, that we don't want you yeah. boogie you boarding know, on manatees. We that, don't want you surfing on manatees. No hugging manatees. You know don't annoy or molest that manatees. manatee looks like a no molesty. It looks like a, a majorly depressed, homeless version of fucking Falcor <laughs> from the Never Ending Story. <laughs> and I, and oh, I know the temptation. You. I know the temptation. Yeah, I know the temptation. Yeah. No, exactly. Yes, yes. <laughs> you can't succumb to it. You cannot succumb. <laughs> Manatee is not Falcor, okay? It's the same reason why people jump into the pens with the tigers and the polar bears. Like, I want to ride it. I don't understand that shit. Yo, like, I guess, like, no, no, you know what I'm saying? No, like, hold on. There's a, there's a world of difference between I want to ride a manatee and, hey, wouldn't it be fun to hang out with that tiger? What's the difference, bitch? <laughs> A manatee will not eat you. A manatee can take you down to the fucking bottom of the fucking All you gotta do is let go. It yeah, let go. And then when it, what if it hits you in the face? It's a fucking manatee. With its what? It's the With slowest its existence, fucking... It's a sea cow. It's not... It's not oh, you gonna act like a manatee don't fucking take you out. You gonna ride me, I will kill you. Okay? You came to my house, you gonna ride me like a bitch, you gotta die. Manatees and dolphins in that far part. I mean... A dolphin could take you. Dolphins, dolphins are, are fast as shit. No, they'll was, fuck you up. You, but, you, know, you don't go down that road. Teddy, Teddy's got a, a long, long. I'm worried. Fear. The only long, thing, just, the only thing that terrifies me more than Republicans, the dolphins, are dolphins. No, because they're scary as shit. And it's they no, fucking, no, cute, cute and awesome. <laughs> you gonna These say are, that? They're predators. They have killed people. And dolphins teach it. You don't even know shit people. about dolphins. <laughs> They've killed their own. You certainly. They kill people. Kill sharks. They kill people. They kill for fun, Mitch. Yep. Well, the well, you see, my, you see, Toby sociopaths. over here, not in the shadow, son. Yep. I Sociop- kill for fun. Sociopaths of the ocean. I slaughter That's bitches fun. like you before breakfast. That's what Dolphin <laughs> says. Fucking squirrel. I don't, don't, I don't think that's the case. He, uh, he got uh, uh, terribly upset a few weeks ago when um, we were we were discussing an article that was talking about how uh, some scientists were. Uh, trying to learn dolphins' language and sort of uh, uh, decode their mathematical speech. And uh, and he about fell out of his chair. He was not He's not a fan of learning how to communicate with dolphins, which I, I feel like the first step, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to try to coexist with dolphins, would be to, you know, open up a line of dialogue with them. 
Good thing I put that cap back on. Woo. Oh, okay. No, it's a twist off. I thought it was a. So, uh, yeah, no, he's got a long and storied history Listen, of a dolphin. Never yes, got so here he is right Shit back. With with the... They would murder everybody, son. It's called Flipper's Revenge. Look at that here's shit. A, okay? Here's a funny. Here's everybody a... watch The Cove and then go stock up on guns. Here's a funny from Obama 2020. Oh, dude, The Cove. Oh, my God. That looks so creepy. <laughs> uh, have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen the trailer. Oh, my God. Yeah. You will know everything. You will have already, a primordial I fear already, like you don't even understand when you watch it. I already shit. can't Mr. even. see it. Mitch won't even fucking respect my point until you see The I Cove, I can't even son. get in the ocean as it is. Ocean or lakes, I can't. Can't do it. You will never go inside a large body of water again or trust a Japanese after you watch the cove. Okay. In other news, <laughs> in Memphis, I, I feel like uh, this is kind of interesting. You would think that uh, the best way to fool the cops would be to label things for what they are. Because a cop would go, there's no way it is actually what yeah. it says it is. Weapons, cash. These aren't spare. Right. <laughs> Perhaps you might put... I keep all of my coke in this shed, for instance. Nobody would go into that. Or, for instance, if you drove around in a Ford I have truck a very with the words... This has to do with meth. If you drove around in a Ford truck with the words meth, meth lab... Yes! Written on the back window and the side windows. Ripopolis. There couldn't possibly be an actual meth lab inside that Ford truck, but you would be wrong. I told you. Because as it turns out, uh, a meth lab is a meth lab even when labeled meth lab. <laughs> Do you know what, though? Like, again, I was like, I was hey, like, good what you were saying? You're that? driving down, you're that's, driving down, you're driving down a shitty block. You're as, like the ice cream man. You're the ice cream man this. for meth heads. As he said what, all what of do this. You, what, do you play, like, dubstep instead yeah. of, like, the yeah. no. like, La Cucaracha? No. <laughs> you play, you play just one. We got meth! <laughs> just on a loop. I gotta feel like I wouldn't walk up to anything labeled meth lab. Meth methods are very and incredibly that is spoken paranoid. like a person who's not on meth. Method. On meth. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay. with you there. Have you seen Breaking the, Bad? That's the brilliance. <laughs> that's the brilliance of this because this he's like that's what Mitch was talking. And I was like, listen, I can fully imagine some dudes and you fucking you're like, hey, listen, we got a lot of meth right now, but what if we moved the meth to the truck? And then wrote that the truck was a meth lab, and that way everywhere we took the truck, people would know there was meth. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me the person he says that to is not gonna go. You're a goddamn genius. It's Tennessee. I don't know how they are in education. That After being stopped for a routine license plate violation, which yeah. apparently meth yeah. lab alone right. is yeah. not enough. Oh, come on. Early Friday morning, the driver was arrested for outstanding warrants and other meth-related charges when hazmat, groups, hazmat crews later removed the chemicals from the back of the truck. Listen, I feel like also the police can't he just come even, out. He doesn't even have like a camper on there. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Just I mean, if you're gonna be, the... if you're gonna have a meth lab and label it a meth lab, and you have chemicals in your, in your, in the, in the pick, <laughs> in the bed, in the bed open, of the truck, you don't even, you're not even gonna cover it. Air meth lab, bro. There's unless, like not even a tarp. Unless the cab is the meth lab, in which case everything's fucked up. But I do like. Of course the police can't just... They have to have a fucking license plate violation, Mitch. Otherwise, you can't have an article that says, After seeing a truck with meth lab written on it, the police stopped it under suspicion of being an actual meth lab. It does make me wonder, though. <laughs> if you wrote meth lab on your truck, would they just uh, would they just pull you up and go, Listen, we've got probable cause. 
that's like that's I mean, like, you did write like meth lab on your fucking truck. We are talking about some the South, okay? Sorry, yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, it's not the you. same as it is. So you don't think Cletus actually put a meth lab in his meth lab, do you? They wouldn't be that stupid. That's like that's like every <laughs> Let's pull windowless over and van. Find out. That's like every windowless van in Los Angeles with molestation ran. <laughs> Right, right. That's basically yeah. If you wrote molester molester vehicle on on your truck or your or your van with uh, tinted windows, and then it, and then have an eight hundred number like my molestation, call this number. I, I, like, I had a had how's a, my how's my molestation? Call I had this a, I had a public uh, uh, bit of uh, it was one of those moments where I realized like. Like, I've been hanging out with comedians too long. Mm. Like, the things you say in public, you go, my comedian friends would be on the floor right now, but yeah. you guys Why are just are you staring not, at me yeah, like I'm an asshole. <laughs> uh, some years ago, when I was moving from one apartment to another, and um, for most of the stuff, I was, like, putting it in, like, my car and shit like that after the initial U-Haul run and so on and so forth. But then I uh, I had to get my car serviced, and I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll just go rent a, you know, car. It's part of their thing, like, when you take it in. So, um... I took it in, and they were like, "Here's the go to the rental place." And I go into the rental place, and they had like a like a Prius and a fucking Econoline van with no seats. Fuck yeah, yeah, exactly. Shout out to the like, Econoline baby. So I was sitting here going like, Made "Oh, that's perfect for moving the last of my shit. I could get all in one fucking trip." <laughs> or the uh, or bodies. Like. Yeah. So so the lady goes oh, SVU episode. The lady goes, uh, "Well, all we have is," uh, and she just points out to the parking lot. She goes, "We got a Prius and we have uh, the van. It's there's no seating in the back. It's just the two front seats." And there was like a room full of people behind me, and I was like, "Really? Nobody else is going to take the molester van." <laughs> <laughs> and like just a sea of blank faces going. I can't believe you just said that out loud. And I was, uh, I was so like, "Here is your." I will take that. Yeah. And then I realized, like, oh Jesus! Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> how quickly they like put it together. Like I'm writing this man's name down. Like, uh, yeah, you go to check out. They give you the keys, and like, here's your complimentary, yeah, yeah. like, bloody. Uh, <laughs> Bloody box spring and right. and a chloroform rag. So, like, you know, yeah. like, so where did you say you live again? <laughs> I no reason. I just when are you off work? I want it's to just check that they, you, you know, into saying out loud so nobody else is going to take the molester van. We all call it that. At least in my head, we all do. But now everybody's like. Oh, he's an actual molester. You know what I mean? There was that. There was that vibe right. in the room. Well, everyone's, nobody. Everyone's laughed. thinking it, but only a real molester would say <laughs> yeah. it out loud. He has been looking for a molester van. This must be his fucking lucky day. Uh, son of a bitch. There's a uh, van. But by the way, I would, uh, if I were running shit, mm. I'm just, I'm just gonna put this out there now. Uh, I'm all about keeping lists. Anybody who has a quote unquote work van. Uh, with no seats in the back, you're on a list. <laughs> yeah, you know, I list. got a really bad visual. Especially if 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 it's not registered to a company. I got a really <laughs> that doesn't sound like you work construction. You're on a list. You're on a fucking list. This way, there's no more surprises. What was it? Primer gray van with no back seats. I got it right here on the list. Yeah, we'll go pick scroll, up. John. Scroll down we'll on that Excel spreadsheet right now. Yeah, I got I got a terrible visual in my head when we were describing all of this. You know how like some families on their Astro vans like have their children and them listed. <laughs> You'd have a bunch of kids, and it would be like the Red Baron. They're just stamped out. Oh God, <laughs> just oh, tally marks. Yeah, <laughs> this is like the worst. It's like a Dexter villain or something. This is yeah. You get the boy and the girl. Yeah, and, and then you tally boom. marks after it. Yeah, yeah I got it. Stamped. I got it. Yeah, it's a good way to go. I wonder if you get pull over for that. In a again, you should be on a list. Put on some kind of a list. 
it's all it's all there is to it. Do you have any kind of list, Derek? Do you have a list? Um, you, I feel like people have a list of different. You it's know. a good idea to have a list. So. I don't know. I've, I don't have any lists. I mean, I have like a goals, but that's not really the same thing as a no, list. No, no we're talking more list. like a like people the list to is, fuck out for. The list, list. is yeah, there's two kinds of lists. I think Mitch's Mitch's list. Is all right, anybody anybody whose DVR is more than sixty five percent full of programming from TLC, you're on a fucking list. <laughs> that's all there is to or it. Or the E-Network. Uh, that's a different list. I'll put that. You can put that on your list. <laughs> Fine, okay. So that's. I don't think they're going to do any damage. The E-People, I don't think they're doing any damage. Anybody watching the child pageants thing? Mm. You're okay. on a fucking list. Yeah, all right. Towers and Tiaras. Yeah. I get yeah. you. I you don't see you're on a fucking now. list. I see you. Because who's watching that? The there are, yeah, there are only so many Honey Boo Boos like, this, this nation can support until we're all just like... I don't really think we can support any Honey Boo Boos. <laughs> just from uh, weight alone. <laughs> but, but I was going to say, so that's one list. And then the other list is the when the revolution comes list. Mm. Motherfuckers is first against the wall. That's the other list. Anybody who's made a blog post about, uh, 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 what's his name? Oh, my God, I can't believe it. Ron Paul, you'd put them on a list, for instance? Yeah, Paul, uh, Paul Light's, uh, if, uh, against a different wall, but they'll be against mm. the wall. They'll be on the right, list. Right. He's right. putting, see, what you got, you got to have a list. List now. with sub uh, well, and things uh, of that nature. I'll go with you on that one, because, okay. like, it's, it's just like you watch reality TV. Nope. Like, I have no connection to you. We're just, well, again, it's, we come it, from two different worlds that we're never going to First connect. off, it would be the fact that you DVR'd it, which is, and then it's that more than half of it is dedicated right. to, mm. and we're talking about this very specific Listen. channel. It's like TLC it's is just is just the circus. Yeah. Hey, do you like people to sit there and this is this who, who is, cuddle yeah. up to their own the trash at night? channel? Yeah, no, yeah. If PT Barnum was still alive today, he, he would, would be, be he would be no, he would be the fucking head of TLC essentially. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he would run that network like a fucking iron fist. Okay, that yeah. shit would be all on him. Yeah. Although I have a lot of respect for P.T. Barnum, so maybe... Yeah, I mean, the exploit... I exploit do have... I do and, and at least he had he the little people... stock yeah. in TLC. Yeah. I'll say he, that. At least yeah. he had the audacity to take the freak show on the road, is all I'm saying. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Didn't try to put it in my home. Yeah, but that's because Cable wasn't around when he was there. That's true. It would have been... Yeah. So, you know what I mean? In conclusion... Yeah. Early, early pay-per-view was... Well, you know what I think... Is that right up? I think the difference is that I feel like P.T. Barnum wasn't watch these people when they go home... He's like, watch these people, and I'm going to make them do something, like mm. a show of some kind. Now, if it was, if they were doing something, like if the hoarders had to, like, battle their way out of their own trash or something, or, like, which hoarder could clean up fastest or something, mm. like, I'd watch that, maybe. I don't know. Like, we, if you made them do something, yeah. if I was just, wa- just watching the, like, I don't want to just watch the bearded lady get drunk on cheap vodka. <laughs> so you, you want that, more of an intervention. You know what I'm saying? I was going to say, say that's, that's more of an intervention. Right, but that's, like, that's what happened after the P.T. Barnum show, would be, they just go and, you know, all the dwarves and the bearded ladies and the, and the, and the uh, what's the word for the people? Strongman. They're very flexible. Uh, contortionists. There we go. Contortionists. You know what I mean? These people would all, they just have a big old orgy. And he didn't air that. He wasn't charging admission to watch that. That's fair. So, you know. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I, I will say, though, that uh, in terms of the whole circus element, I think, like, Mitch and I were talking about TLC earlier. I got really worried that you just started off with in the terms of the whole. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's come not on. The sentence to start this now. conversation. All right, go ahead. Uh, I, I know if it was anybody else, I'd be. I feel like it's that it's that sense of just like 
I mean, again, it's that whole freak show thing. You know, like, as a kid, you have that whole phase where you're like, oh, wrestling might be real. Yeah. And then you're like, no, okay. All right. Well, like, yeah, it sure is fucking your brain up. But, mm-hmm. like, it's not a real thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, you can't take that many shots to the head with a folding chair and be okay at the end of the day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, like, you give up. You give up the circus for a sense of cognitive awareness. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like that's the problem that happens with something kind of like Honey Boo Boo, which is, uh, you know. Honey Boo Boo. Uh, you disgust me. Uh, but it's that sense of, like, you have that fine balance between people decrying and being like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is on air, but I'm going to watch it because it's a train wreck mm. and the whole rubbernecking well, phenomenon. Well, that's what we, yeah, the rubbernecking phenomenon. But it's that sense of, like, you, you you can't, you know, it's that problem that we get into where it's almost like a circular firing squad where you people people are lamenting that it's on, but they watch it to Sorry. lament it. Mm. And so it stays on because they're like, ha, ratings goldmine, you know? Mm. And so the people who shouldn't be watching it, who just say, oh, my God, it's so terrible, just continue. Well, I'm one of those people. I, I am. Well, um, do you watch Honey no, 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 no. I was going to say I'm I one of those people who, de- who, no, 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 who, who constantly deplore that kind of shit. <laughs> I constantly deplore that kind of shit. I had a really big bit about, like, Kim Kardashian. Kardashian and Julie Shore. I don't really do it anymore, but like the concept always is like, why are we awarding the like the the people who are least deserving in society, like just it the craziest, like exactly the, the same no, bit I had, no no shame. <laughs> it's like the exact wording <laughs> and the exact shows I used. So I got it. <laughs> It was like, well, it was like, what have you seen? Have you seen Bobcat Goldthwait's God, God Bless America? I, I, I have it in my it's Netflix on Netflix. Queue. I have it in my queue. Oh yeah, why I did just, you go out and fucking buy it if it's so good? Because <laughs> it hadn't been released on DVD when I put it in my queue. <laughs> Bam! I will. I will recommend it. It is a little. Preachy. I will say this. I will say this. Uh, the two things. First off, uh, I've watched his other movies. All of them have been phenomenal. Mm. Sleeping Dogs Lie was really fucking good and made a really weird point. But it's what I really like about his films is like, it, and in a weird way, it's like the films that if I were making movies, those are the kinds I'd want to make. Mm. Where it's like I'm not making like a larger point about society. I'm yeah. talking about this weird fringe. Yeah, yeah, but what if? You know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of like, how would you deal with this? How would you deal with that? Say this happened, and he explores that throughout the course of a movie. In that one, and uh, uh, Father of the Year, or World's Best Dad, I think, mm-hmm. World's Greatest Dad. Um, and so I'm excited about The God Bless America. The only thing that held me back from The God Bless America is that I started writing a script maybe in, like, 1998. And I'm, I'm terribly lazy, so this is not like I've done anything with it, but I've maybe written 100-some-odd pages and then rewritten them a million times. That was basically that exact film. Uh-huh. And when I watched the trailer, I was like, that's the exact scene I wrote. That's that's the exact scene I wrote. I wrote that scene as well. And I'm like, ah! Get out of my head! But I mean, you know, I didn't do anything well, with I it. Think, I'm not I saying, think... you know, but I'm just, it's interesting. So I feel like it would be that thing where it'll be like, I'll love it. Because it's exactly what I would have wanted to make, but uh-huh. then I'll be really upset that I wasn't the, it one, wasn't who made the one who made it. it. Yeah. Well, I feel like a, a people who are cultured to a certain point find those kinds of things that that are like they're like modern day freak shows almost. It's like, hey, aren't they? Aren't they so dysfunctional? Aren't they kooky? Aren't they this? And then right, we're right. just gonna shove it in your face for an hour and a half, and we're gonna edit it, and we're gonna splice it, and we're gonna do whatever the fuck we want with it. But at the end of the day, like these people are neat. Are, are, there's something well, so terribly wrong the, about them. the argument that I would the, in in my bit the way that I used to end it and I used to end my shows with it was was saying like um, every comedian you're going to see in your lifetime just is up here to entertain you mm-hmm. and make you happy mm-hmm. but I think maybe we've got it all wrong maybe what I'm supposed to do is come up here 
and tell ill-worded, ill-timed, not-knock jokes with no punchline. Mm-hmm. And every time somebody makes an utterance, I just walk over and punch them in a the dick. <laughs> Which doesn't sound hilarious, but what would happen is after the show, you'd go home to your roommate and they'd say, how was that show tonight? And you'd be like, it was alright. But then, this one guy I remember that joke. jumped off and punched me in a dick. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. And that would be the, that's reality shows. Mm. It's like, it, if it was just out to like entertain you, that's like one thing, but that requires like talent. Yeah. You gotta work and fucking write some shit and like really put some effort into it. Or we can just make something you'll fucking hate and you watch it because you hate it. Mm. Right. That's what drives me nuts about pretty much all of reality. Um, TV. I think the thing that most, uh, I avoided, uh, Jersey, Jersey Shore for, uh, I will say I did existence. like, I did like, uh, out of all reality shows, uh, it was like two or three that I really liked. American Pickers. Uh, Pawn Stars until they started bringing in the fucking drama, which why did they do that? I don't know. I used to play a little drinking game with friends where I was like, try to guess how much you're getting, how much they're gonna get, like based on like, what do you want to do with this? I want to sell it, and then it'd be like, how much you want for it? Five hundred. I'm like, ooh, ooh. All right, I'm yeah. going two thirty, two thirty. I'm saying two thirty, going two thirty, and it was like if it was within fifty bucks, I didn't have to, you know what I mean? And then they have to drink. Uh, uh, but then again, they started bringing in this stupid drama shit where it's like Chum Lee is mm-hmm. like a ugh. and and uh, then I got into for like two seasons. I got into that Gator show, the Swamp. Oh, uh, Swamp People. Swamp People. Yeah, I got really into that. I love I love Discovery Channel, and that's on like just to see advertisements see, for it. And I'm like, here's where I argue for it. No, here's where I argue for it. I will. I'll let you. I'll let you. But here's why I argue for all three of those shows. Smoke some weed before you say some real stupid shit. Here's where I'll, I'll argue for all three of those shows and why I want more shows like that. Oh These are people that are ju- doing a job. Mm-hmm. Like, they're working. Yeah. So it's like, in an age where my my big concern is that the youth might look to TV and go, I don't need to study. Yeah. I don't need to learn math. I mean, they are. Well, they, they are, are they doing are that, doing that, though. Right. I, right. I want to In become age, YouTube yes, famous. Exactly. Is a In an age utterance. where they're going, I don't need to know anything. I don't need to do anything worthwhile. All I need to do is suck a bunch of dicks and, and shoot some, myself up with tits, heroin yeah. Fucking smoke some meth and smoke some crack and be an all around deplorable person and people and will they'll shower put, they'll me, put me on TV. millions of dollars. Yeah, right? get a record deal. Yeah. So as a, as a, as as the opposite of that, if you're making heroes out of people or making like TV star heroes okay. out of people who are actually just to ha- have a job. Mm. I am way more in favor of that, and I'd like to, like Mike Rowe, Dirty uh, Jobs, right? Yeah, I actually really in like a, that. In show. a way, he's sort of, and I wouldn't say glorifying, but at least he's showing get down and dirty. One yeah. of my my one of my favorite shows was Holmes on Holmes, mm-hmm. on uh, on uh, HGTV, where uh, Mike Holmes, a Canadian guy, would come and look at people's houses and be like, "Oh, you had a contractor do this, but he fucked up, or he finished only one tenth of the job. You guys are practically bankrupt." And he would like rip out all the old work and do the whole thing free and it was sponsored by the network and everything everybody was happy uh-huh. and it's like if if a kid somewhere is looking up and going motherfucker i would love to be mike holmes mm-hmm. that's a new that we don't have that's a that's a positive that's a yeah, positive we don't have yeah. that so i'm in favor of those other shows teddy okay listen point, i agree with your point about Woo-hoo. those type of shows all right the problem 
is that you've got those shows on networks like Discovery and National Geographic at the expense of what those networks used to do very well, which is documentary, uh, long-form, expositional, knowledgeable features. Okay? And National Geographic doesn't really do that much anymore. They do a lot of taboo. Now it's it's just it's series style with taboo or it's fucking hard times or it's taboo where you go from culture to culture and you look at things that are taboo in one culture like death and you see how one culture handles it versus and it's interesting but it's not a fucking thing that you can build a national geographic network around especially when you used to do these very amazingly informative long form documentaries about things like Abu Ghraib and Guantanamo Mm. Bay and I remember the time that they did this one about Guantanamo Bay and you have the camera as this as this uh, uh, he's uh, I think he's Islamic you know he's a Muslim prisoner he's been locked up I mean you know most of those guys were innocent in the first place and you just hear him screaming from behind his cell about what America used to represent to the world and how we've tarnished everything that the flag is stand for and that shit fucking hits and that is the kind of shit they used to do all the time and then they balanced it out with something like taboo Okay, but now you have taboo at the forefront, and then you've got some shit about Amish people, and then you've got some fucking shit about getting locked up abroad, and there's nothing really informative that National Geographic, the brand that had the magazine that was in all the homes, stood for. That's gone now. It's the same thing with TLC. All the shows that you like about homes on homes should be on TLC instead of Honey Boo Boo. But because National Geographic doesn't do its job, and Discovery doesn't do its job, because they're in a fucking horse race with companies like TLC that have been privatized. Instead, Discovery doesn't do planet Earth type features anymore. They don't do to the bottom of the sea with James Cameron and doing a 3D map of the bottom of the floor. The, uh, Mariana's, Ocean Mariana's Trench. Trench yep. Okay, which is fucking amazing. They don't do two hour fucking specials like that. They do a bunch of fucking things like Swamp People, which is good, but you're blocking out real informative educational material at the expense of something that's cheap entertainment because it's so cheap. Yeah. Well, do you think, do you think like what at what point did we become like that popcorn culture that like it's not fast enough, it's not Reagan. short enough it's not Ronald Reagan <laughs> I mean sorry I didn't mean to stop you but yes I do believe that you can trace it's, a lot it's of that interesting you should say no, that you're right, because I was con- going to bring up a thing the consumerism that I, I, in the 80s was just like you need you, well, was, you need I, this you need it well, you fucking need it you need it there is a uh, there's a company that was making these uh, I was going to bring it up but I, I was like yeah it's a silly thing fuck it um, but there's this company that's making these portraits that are that are sound waves of famous speeches, uh-huh. and they actually look really cool. They do a good little spectral view of the whole thing and else like that. And most of them, the sound wave is very like it's a shitload of peaks uh-huh. and valleys because it's like a twenty minute speech. They have uh, the Martin Luther King's "I Have a Dream" speech. They have uh, Neil Armstrong's "Walk on the Moon," so on and so forth. The shortest one they have is Ronald Reagan's "Tear Down This Wall" speech. So, in so insofar as the uh, the the short sound bites, I guess yeah, okay, there you go, Reagan. So, I mean, you're talking about Reagan as the person who you know the fucking whatever the seven scariest words are. I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Mm-hmm. That's Reagan. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's where all that shit really got crystallized. All that Southern 
strategy, Nixon-esque shit, really got finally honed by Ronald Reagan. That was just fucking letting the consumerist free market beast off of the chain and just fuck you, yeah, I got mine. De- utter, complete de- deregulation. That's where all that fucking shit, that's where that fucking greed is good shit came from, and you had a bunch of clowns who grew up reading Ayn Rand fucking saying that selfishness was awesome. And that's where all that shit comes from, man. They're all fucking drenched in this fucking Atlas Shrug libertarian high school bullshit, dude. It is clown school, and that shit has been mass exported to the rest of the world like it's some sort of fucking it thing is a to shame over. It, it mm. is a shame that somebody that didn't have more intelligence and creativity didn't use Atlas Shrugged as a title. It's a great title. That's got nothing to do with Ayn Rand. She's a fucking horrible cunt. But she's one of the worst human beings. Yeah, absolutely. Ever been placed there. I just like, <laughs> like the one of the worst. Yeah, human considering beings considering ever. she took like government subsidies. Yeah, Not exactly. even that. The fact that she smoked cigarettes and then they were like, "Oh yeah, shit, cigarettes cause cancer," and her fucking followers were like, "Hey, you should probably tell your peoples about this," and she's like, "Fuck them." That's Ayn Rand in a nutshell, essentially. (laughs) The most despicable, loathsome human being. You're talking about people who fucking have the definition of arrested development who latch on to Ayn Rand, man. That's what that shit is. Fucking white, privileged, nonsensical douchebags like Paul Ryan who don't know fucking shit about the real world. No, that's exactly it. And you know how, because the the whole Paul Ryan, Mitt Romney thing, I mean, they come from a They're all Randians. They're all Randians. Well, well, they come from a culture of they don't know the real world. I mean, when uh, he was on 60 Minutes and they gave him that question of, of like, so what are you going to do with Obamacare? And he's like, well, we offer, you know, we don't just let people die. You can, there are various, uh, you know, outlets for them. What they can go to the emergency this, room. This is how you know that he's a fucking clown who doesn't know shit about reality. What he said is, if you have a heart attack, you don't just like sit in your apartment, you go to the emergency room. Well, what about cancer, you dick bag? Yeah. What about things that are terminal illnesses? I'm pretty sure that the emergency room does not handle yeah. that. And more importantly, we still pay for people going to the, the emergency, emergency room. room, you goddamn moron. And well, you know this because there's video of you saying this from years ago. It's not a fucking, it's you goddamn snake oil sales. Yeah. Con well, they want to believe, they want to believe. Well, you can just can't, you mean you can't go to the emergency? Do you know how much an ambulance ride is? Oh, yeah. It's like, it's, they yeah. have no clue. Because we fucking passed the buck for years and years and years and all the costs have gone up exponentially. Mm. Wait, it, I do want to play this real quick. Uh, when you're talking about Ayn Rand, I'm always is reminded. Is her being eaten by a no, bear? No, no. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I wish. I wish. I, I don't know. I'm not that good at animation. But I am reminded of this famous scene from a wonderful movie starring a, one of my favorite actors of all time. So I'll just play just this scene real quick. It's only 20 seconds long. And it'll remind you of, uh, it reminds me of Ayn Rand, is all I'm coming down to. Or at least the woman in it does, not, obviously not the man. Mm, okay. <laughs> Take this quarter. Go downtown and have a rat gnaw that thing off your face. Good day to you, madam. <laughs> oh yay. Oh John Candy. I really I mean the thing about it is that it's it's so it's so fucking transparently disgusting that uh, there's so many privileged white dudes that fucking uh worship at the altar of, mm. of Rand 
And that's who, I mean, that's who it is primarily. Do you know what I mean? No, it's true. It, it is, it is fucking disgusting. And the thing that makes it very personal for me is that, you know, Paul Ryan She just her, found a new way to like, uh, 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 package Nazism, really. Bas- essentially, so, yes. Yeah. Uh, but she, uh, you know, Paul Ryan supposedly turns to, turns to Atlas Shrugged and, you know, F- uh, Fountainhead or whatever, uh, I think is their other one. Yeah. Uh, but all the Iron Was that the novels, one that was previously? No, who knows, man. With uh, the with the uh, what? Who was the, who was the one that had the ranch that was previously called Niggerhead? No, that's Rick Perry. Okay, Rick Perry, not the, Fountainhead. No, Fountainhead is another Ayn Rand novel. Yeah, uh, no, you're right. Thank you, Toby. Uh, right, so, it's uh, close enough. But uh, well, that's a good reference. Always nice to have Rick Perry on the scene. Yeah, uh, but so you know, so Paul Ryan, not forget him. Supposedly uh, turns to all of this after his father dies. You know, and that's how he makes sense of the world because it was so traumatic and like found his father like dead in his bed. You know, so like that's that's how that's what he uses to justify his fucking worldview of of moochers and takers and makers. You mm-hmm. know, that's that's what he used like, because he had this massive trauma and that's the only thing that he could use to make sense. Well, I fucking watched my father drop dead in front of my face, man. Yeah. Okay. I didn't find him in a bed. I saw him die in front of my eyes. And I didn't turn to some bullshit teenage propaganda fantasy novel to make sense of the world because I wasn't some privileged elitist douchebag. So I shit hits me real personally when I have to listen to this clown talk about how this is what he uses to make the world make sense. Because the world you're talking about doesn't exist and it ain't never existed except outside of your fucking imagination, man. And it's disgusting. It's disgusting. That is why it's a personal crusade to destroy everything that man cares about, son. I want his fucking trust funds eliminated, son. I want his grandchildren in jail just for sharing his fucking name. You sound like Robert De Niro in The Untouchables right now. I want his family dead! I want his house burned to the ground! Run it, that somebody. I'll take it. What I want to see, I want to see a scene where Teddy is like running on a treadmill with a like a like a like one of them big ass body bags in front of him, right? And like on the screen is the Hey Girl Paul Ryan uh, <laughs> Tumblr. Have you seen that one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, That's uh, where he's just reading each one. Going, Fuck you, <laughs> <laughs> fuck. And it's just like it's just a constant stream of "Hey, girl, Paul Ryan." <laughs> have you he's seen uh, Teddy? Have you seen uh, Eric Cantor's bitch face? I have. I have seen Eric Cantor's bitch face. Uh, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> yes. it's truly. And you know, I mean, Difficult that's just brown. Words uh, to live by. That's the thing about all these dudes, man. I mean, if there was just like one of them, it would be extraordinary. But there's a fucking factory. Yeah. Of these neo-Confederate douchebags just being well, churned out. And they don't work anything mm. in the, their life. Paul Ryan, since he was like 28 years old, has worked on Capitol Hill from think tank to think tank to Back the fuck job, off. To government job, and now he's fucking running for vice president. And the dude wants to lecture people about fucking private fucking uh, sector jobs and shit. Paul Ryan couldn't even get a fucking manager position at the McDonald's that he worked at back in the 80s, okay, bro? Manager said, no, son, you ain't even gonna fucking work the fry thing, all right? He's like, now nah, I'm running. Black president. He's a clown, son. All right, let me let me switch into a uh, different gear here. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, I was gonna say. I'm not sure how much of that bullshit that they speak actually, the, the, like the conviction that they speak it with, because you know that they're taking so many. They're so, they're taking so much money from lobbyists. He's a true believer. Paul Ryan's a true believer. 
Mitt Romney's a snake oil salesman. And Paul Ryan's a true believer. Mm. So but I mean, like, but I mean, like, guys like guys like Todd Akin, you know, who who say like the most outrageous shit. It's like, how can you really believe that? I honestly, when he said that about legitimate rape and like a woman's body can just yeah, shut yeah, it yeah, down, yeah, yeah. I honestly wanted it's to the have. Same way, I will say this for Todd Akin. That does not seem that far out of the stretch of imagination because what you're hearing is him trying to justify in his mind how he can how he can lobby for anti-abortionists. Mm. It's it's him going like, well, I mean, and people talk about rape, and he goes, well, I mean, eh, let's be honest, when it comes to rape. Blah blah, the body shuts down. That's yeah. how he's just. A, so what you're hearing is actually the, probably the only truthful statement he's made on the matter. That's him actually having like a cognitive dissonance based on what he's of, read. Like, he's yeah. how do I yeah. sought out? How do I how do I square this with morality? And he's going like, well, I guess they make a point about abortion. Ah, but wait, I've read, and so he hung on to this fucking terrible propaganda. Of of the of the legitimate rape. Well, I mean, again, and he's like going. That's how he squares it in his head. Well, even, Without that, you can't square it in well, your head. Well, even most recently, even most recently, he was like, "It's cool." He wants to. He voted against the Lily Ledbetter Act. Uh, and fair pay. Yeah, because he was like, "Well, people should just like go, uh, they should they should make you an offer." I mean, they should. There shouldn't be a minimum wage. There shouldn't. You should just take whatever you get. Like that fucking monkey in the cage taking the cucumbers. Like, what the fuck? I want a grape. You like you fucking asshole. Give me that goddamn grape. So, I mean, I feel like this is. I mean, this sort of sums it all up based on everything with Todd Akin. It's the sense that he's going up against Claire McCaskill. She is the incumbent senator from Missouri. Uh, she is a Democrat. Uh, so they finally had a debate uh, the other week, and his complaint after the debate was that she was not ladylike because she I saw was that aggressive. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's basically like in terms of the truthfulness, it's it all gets distilled to that sense of the era that his mind and his psyche is rooted in is not fit to govern in the modern age. Oh, absolutely. And that's so you know that's that's Listen, what you're bitches. From. The men are talking. That's so, it, in conclusion, yeah. Todd Aiken is one of the top-ranking members on the House Science Committee. Yeah. Science. Vote. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In slightly lighter news, I'm just actually kind of curious where anybody comes down on this. Um, on um, on Pornhub last week. I know. What a jump. I know. Oh, Transition. On Pornhub last week, they had, this, they had this, this overlay that came up when you visited the site that said... Um, Basically, if you watch big tit videos or small tit videos, that Pornhub will donate one cent for every 30 videos viewed from either the big tit or small tit categories to breast cancer research. Wow. What does it matter to the categories then? Well, it just, well it's just personal preference. Oh, it's just, yeah. It's okay, like if you want, he's like, hey, watch some tit videos, and you're like, but okay, and if you clicked it and it was just big tits oh, okay. and you like small right. tits, jerking off for breast cancer. That is the most proactive. I, get it, I, get it. I feel like that's just a good way to go. Disgustingly proactive thing I've heard of in a really long time. I don't know if it's all that disgusting. Well, I mean, like, titties are awesome. I, I, mean, I have I have to do thirty. I've got a cranky. I've got no. a. <laughs> That's fair I don't point. think you're saying watch that's third, but okay. No, okay. that's okay. a fair right. point, Mitch. That's okay. a very fair ah. point. <laughs> Here's where... I've got to do 30. It's going on. <laughs> i got to do 30 titties. And that is the commitment of Derek Lemos. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, you don't understand the stakes! I appreciate the fact that you brought it up because I, that had not occurred to me. I was just I mean, thinking, I, in my head, I'd be like, okay, I'm, I'll watch one for the sake of, you know, I'm sure 29 <laughs> more people I will be, come back. I guarantee you Derek's mentality is 
is far closer yeah, to the fair. average Pornhubber. Now, now, no, 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 here's the Pornhub thing, like, had I, a I, counter, as I you see. Totally... Pornhub had a counter. It was like 9.3 million views, uh, videos viewed so far. Uh, I'll do a, I'll, let me do a little quick math here on 936, 4609 divided by 30. That's 312,153. Come on, Steve. Now, son. Today. Okay, so that's that's when this was announced. It was like the first. It was it was the first of October because they were doing it for the entire month of October. Mm-hmm. That's breast cancer awareness. And I, I think I took that screenshot on the second of October or something like that. So that's a silly amount of videos. Yeah. In like a day or two, they la- they they raised three thousand dollars. Those yes, were a lot of traffic. Those were absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> now <laughs> here's here's where it's interesting. Here's where it's. This is why I bring this up. Those were a lot the of the Susan sheets. G. Komen Foundation does not want the donations that they want to give to them because of that. Because uh, of the connotation. Because of the connotation. Well, that's not. What that's say not, you, Riffin? Well, that's not surprising at all. I mean, Susan G. Komen is led still by Nancy Brinker. She's a very conservative individual. She is the person. Who hired Karen Handel? Who, when everyone remembers that Planned Parenthood, Susan G. Komen Big Flap, that is because Karen Handel, who had previously run for governor of South uh, of Georgia under a platform of defunding Planned Parenthood, so she got hired to do the thing that she ran yeah. for as governor. Uh, Karen Handel is a very conservative person. It's not surprising that they would not want any money from this. Do you know what bothers? I mean, I, mean, I, I have a lot of issues with the Susan G. Komen Foundation. Not the least of which is their insistence on trying to copyright the color pink, which is well, it's not just copyrighting the color pink. They but, stole was, they stole the whole ribbon thing. Well, from, it's it's uh, that whole uh, thing of like that's they're the most front facing breast cancer research foundation, but it's it's rife with with uh, corruption and things like this. And uh, their usage of money uh, leaves me much to be desired. Well, it's not even. It's not much but to be desired. Meanwhile, it's a fact. they don't spend that much. But money meanwhile, on unfortunately, they're the they're the front. They're the they're the front facing. You know what I mean? They're the one that the public, when you see that pink is ribbon, most identified with is Susan G. Komen. Is well, that pink ribbon again, and everything else like that? And it's it's that's it's unfortunate. Nancy Brinker, uh, her I believe it was her sister. Who right. Was Susan. So that what I'm saying is, in the case of say Pornhub, they were going, we're going to donate to breast cancer research, which is a noble. Goal. People are going to watch those videos anyway. Yeah, it's a noble goal. I, I see no problem with it. And their initial thought was like, "Well, we'll just go with the season G- Susan G. Komen because they're the front, they're right. the and forefront." Guess, and and it's like, that's and, the, and yet they're the, going, "Eh, we don't want your money." That's the misconception that needs to, to that's the misconception that needs to be corrected is that they are not this benevolent breast cancer research Absolutely. entity that they've mm-hmm. been presented out to Absolutely. be. Part of the reason that they exist is because Nancy Brinker is connected to a bunch of big money, you know, old money people, and that's how she got everything founded. That's how how she got her foundation out in the limelight. She was an ambassador for George W. Bush. She funded his campaign uh, quite, uh, you know, freely. So, I mean, that's where her mind was going in terms of operating on another level in that regard. And and in that sense, uh, they don't. If you look at all the numbers, they don't spend that much in terms of actual investing in research. Yeah, well, a lot so of it has more overhead. Yeah, and promotion. Right. And it's, you know, all kinds of, I mean, their budget's terrible. If you actually wanted to support an organization that funds breast cancer research and advancements in seeking out some sort of cure, you would be well advised to steer far away from Susan G. Komen. And that's why they took such a big hit from so many different regional affiliates after all that broke out because they started to realize uh, how You're little that shit. they can. Well, yeah. and 
there's a there's a great a documentary called Pink Ribbons Inc. Uh, that sort of goes into all the things that we're talking about right now, and it's very meticulous about documenting the history of breast cancer research and how uh, completely full of shit organizations like Susan G. Komen have been over the years, increasingly in terms of just basically selling people a product and and sort of uh, commercializing and consumerizing breast cancer mm. essentially. Uh, and and I and there's and the part of the trailer you can check it out on YouTube is that uh, they go into the story of how Susan G. Komen totally ripped off the pink ribbon as their symbol. You know, they basically bullied their way into that. I mean, the entire history of it is a very tainted thing. So more people would be better served to look into wanting to contribute money to breast cancer research, especially during October, by going out and looking for organizations locally, especially. Um, and, and, and if you have a Susan G. Komen affiliate in your area, you would press them and making sure that they show some separation from the national headquarters unless they make some big changes, which happened after the Planned Parenthood uh, fiasco. So. Yeah. Kudos on that. Kudos on that. And, and, and I will, I will say on a personal note, uh, one of the things that's always annoyed me when it comes to, uh, cancer research in general and, and people, uh, giving money to cancer research is the is the blowback is the people who say like well there's more money in the in the treatment than there is in the cure and you know it's a conspiracy whatever have you uh, there's a lot of people that feel like oh well i've given money for years and nothing's ever happened so on and so forth is that uh from a scientific standpoint uh cancer is not just like one thing mm-hmm. it's not just like well, there's no, there's no automatic like just boom. There's just one fix. Yeah, I mean uh, there are we, many different it's, types it's, of breast cancer, it, it, and it's it, it's so organic that that it's it's just a part of your body. Uh-huh. And cancer is is basically the flipping of those yeah. of things. So um, it's not going to come in the form of like take this pill and cancer is gone. Yeah. That's not. Well, did you? Well, did you hear about? Gonna happen. Uh, did you hear about the uh, the progress that they made with stem cells? Yeah, yeah, and and well, I'm just going to make a quick because I do want to get on to other things that are a little less less heavy than this. But um, you know how the future be looking all bleak and shit. <laughs> but uh, robots, robot overlords. <laughs> it's it's one of those things where uh, when you when you when you're earmarking donations um, for like oh you can only use it in this way, what often happens is 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 the the people who are taking those donations have to go listen. We can't take those we can't take those donations because we have too much mm-hmm. of the earmarked. We now don't have enough money for uh, overhead, for staffing, for any number of other things. You now have given too much money to this one part that we can't take anymore. That's what happens like whenever there's like a, a hurricane in certain places, people donate with earmarks. And so when it comes to cancer, it's it, there's 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 never too much money given to research and to uh, development of. To say a cure is is inaccurate. It's more of a treatment. It has to be a treatment because every cancer is different, and cancer is such a part of your body that to kill the cancer, you effectively have to kill the body. Um, you know, my mother went through every cancer treatment that's possibly available: laser surgery and laser knives and radiation and pills and and radiation pills and and variety of fucking things. They were like, okay, we got it in this area, but now it's over yeah. here, so we got to try this other thing. We got to do this surgery, we gotta, and that's just that's just how it goes. It's 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 a it's a multifaceted thing, and uh, and uh, yes, don't trust Susan G. Komen. Uh, well, check out uh, out of out of just because there's a big pink ribbon, but do some research 
as Teddy was saying. And, yes, look at your local affiliates and stuff like that. But don't get uh, jaded to the point that you think that, like, anyone who uh, is researching cancer is just a, a money grab. That's I encourage awesome. everyone to check out Pink Ribbons, Inc. as a documentary. It's both informative and inspirational. It's a top-notch uh, film. So if you are very interested in the subject and you want to learn more and find out a way to get engaged and also be constructive, Pink Ribbons, Inc. Ba-bow. Okay. Um, curious, because uh, Teddy has... Uh, Teddy and the Animal Kingdom are not on... Uh, <laughs> Listen, son, if you bring some lemurs into this right now, I will fucking slaughter you motherfuckers. Be- lemurs? You know these motherfuckers got thumbs, son. Okay. Okay. I'm, not, I'm not. So do raccoons. I'm not. How do you feel about... How do you feel about a new project that aims to upload a honeybee's brain to flying insectobots? Oh my god! Insectobots. No! That is the coolest. Why is this is a Michael Bay film going yep. terribly wrong. Yep. Oh my! And is that what they're gonna no, look like? No. No. Oh my no. god! My. That's a that's a digital. This shit is like a jaguar. All that's... of my nerd fantasies just came true. Oh yeah. my god! I'm with you. Oh Me no! Me and Derek, right here. What's no. up? Well, Why? I didn't say Why? that was a good thing. Now, hold on. Why? I didn't. Hold on. I didn't Listen, say. Can I say one thing before is... Mitch reads the article? I'm gonna say one thing before I... Mitch reads the article. Can I say something before you say anything? Okay, because you go say the thing this before photo, I say the thing before you this say This photo. Is is I I had that as my desktop like ten years ago. So this is just a three D artist made that cool little robotic bee, and it just so happens that it works perfectly for this article. That's why they used it. So no, it has no relation to the article. <laughs> now go on with your okay. sign. First of all, I don't believe you. Second, <laughs> I can prove second, it. Second of, second of all, I know that the honeybees is in trouble. Okay, yeah. I know we didn't try. We got mm-hmm. close to figuring that shit yeah. out. All right, so you gotta do something to uh, sustain the whole ecosystem. I get it, science. I get it. But robot bees is not the answer, son. That's how Tokyo that goes. Is how, that's how Tokyo goes. That is how. That is how life after humans begins as a fucking thing. If I may quote. If I may quote Jeff Goldblum, uh, uh, life, uh, finds a way. Oh, why are they doing if this? I may quote can Jeff Goldblum say, uh, uh, with friends like those who needs enemas, <laughs> as they say when you're making suppositories with friends like those who needs enemas, uh, why? I don't have any quotes okay, from the listen, fly, unfortunately. The right off the it's going to be head. an autonomous flying robot? Hell Are yes. Are you fucking yes, kidding no. me? That's amazing. Yeah. That's a similarity, basically, right now. Singularity. Singularity. I always make that mistake. I know. I know. You don't I have for one welcome both to be the similarity fair, and the singularity. To be fair, the singularity is about the similarity. I will have so, to tag. Yeah. I will have to tag a buddy of mine because he has this great, this glorious bit. I don't know if he still does it. About he can't wait for the future when robot technology like that, like his conscience, his being, his like brain and spinal cord, like in RoboCop two, right. gets transplanted into a robot because he wants to be, and quote, a robodile. Robot crocodile. Oh, okay. I was like a robodile, like a robodile. Okay, robot crocodile. Okay, I did have on my last like EP that I did on my last birthday. I did have I did end on like a speech about the singularity. So. I'll just um, okay. So I'm into that as well. Listen, can I? I'm all about the singularity. I'm a board member, right? I got I got of the fucking company funding your robot uh, B. Okay, Okay. I got some Nvidia. Yeah, whatever. 
I they got make questions. graphics cards in, in the laptop that this, you use every I day. I know. Okay, it's NVIDIA? Okay. Yeah, All NVIDIA. Right. All right. Well, okay. I got High performance questions. GPUs because yeah. they're graphical yeah. processors okay. and they're processing so graphics. it's autonomous, to right? Okay, yeah. yeah. Right. And you're going to program it to do what? Just be a bee? Just to be a regular bee except in a robot, right? That's what you're doing? Uh, Is that what you're doing? Uh, uh, huh? It should be noted that the are researchers are not trying to emulate a complete honeybee <laughs> brain. Destructible? That's the greatest question. <laughs> <laughs> indestructible robot bees. There you go. We gotta put are they destructible on the board? Uh, now it should be. It says. It says here. Now it should be noted under the case of autonomy. Now it should be noted that researchers are not trying to emulate a complete honeybee brain, but rather two it's specific. And complex functions within it, namely vision and sense of smell. Once complete, they will upload those models into a robotic honeybee so that it can act autonomously. This is an important further. Uh, this is an important further advancement over current work on brain models because it's becoming more and more clear that an essential aspect of brain function is that the brain is not acting in isolation, but in constant interaction with the body and the environment. Okay. The concept of embodiment so and its consequences for cognition is, are important insights of modern cognitive science and will become equally important for modern neuroscience. Okay, so is there a master kill switch for all the bees? Yeah, like the uh, is there is there a phantom menace switch? Right, or most recently the because Avengers switch. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you right now to turn off all of the bees. I'm gonna tell you right now. If there ain't no kill switch for the robot bee army, then all y'all motherfuckers got to die. And I'm not talking about the bees, but I'm talking about the motherfuckers who created them. Wait, wait, wait. No, too much. It, well, that's how it happens. On a, <laughs> something goes, a hacker like uh, Nedry. Nedry breaks in the lab. He's working there. He computer virus. I don't want to be bees go rogue. Wait, wait, wait. I don't want to be the what, black dude what? from Rise of the Planet of the Apes when it comes to Rise of the fucking robot bee swarm, son. I don't want to be in the rotunda, Mitch. Okay, here's here's. They're not going to make a bee body. It's going to be a computer chip that can sense what bees do now, which is find honey and then pollinate. You sound like a and all they're doing is stooge. that <laughs> maybe fucking but stooge. I'm what I'm yeah, goddamn stooge. Whenever He's you on get the payroll, okay, you, listen. All it is is a fucking uh, cyborg that has a nickname of a Terminator who uh, is indestructible and will you, pursue you, you forever. You are worried about he yeah, eliminates you, you are worried about three things that I am passionately in love with. What? Animals? The truth? Animals? Facts? Animals? Reality? Animals? <laughs> Once again, animals, robots, and the singularity are all things that frighten you and all things I'm looking forward to. Uh, no, no, robots don't necessarily frighten me. That's, that's what true. this is. How do that's robots... not robots. That's, bro, that's the fucking... That's the Autonomous devil. robots. The devil. Robots Sorry. should terrify you. Cold, steely claws. Thank you. Okay, I retract my statement. Okay, you can't on. break away. They got that vice grip. They're just you're done. Mitch, look at that sweet ass picture. Somebody of needs a clamp. Clamps. Mitch, you yeah. tell me clamp. If, oh, you go. You a liar. You tell robot bees go find that picture. They gonna morph into it. They gonna <laughs> robot evolve, and then shit is gonna pop off. Son. Sorry, I don't think there's such a thing as robot evolve. Oh, you yeah. can put that on the you haven't, robot evolve. You haven't yeah, seen yeah. iRobot. <laughs> I have. I'm kidding. Put, I'm kidding. The shitty remake of. You know what? Here's something you should look up. Everybody listening, Teddy, yourself, uh, Derek, you'd love this as well. It's a short story, and and I I. I it was Richard Madison, wasn't it? As a as a as a, oh, yeah. I almost feel like we should do a bonus right after this if you want. That's I'll, fine. I'll get bonus high. Riffin. That's fine. I'll get oh, high. Riffopolis. It's been I'll, a while. I'll get high and I'll read the story to you. Yes. Bonus Riffin. And it's I believe it's by Asimov, and after it's hours. and it's about mm. it's basically about 
um, it's about life after the singularity in a way. And it's it's only about a page and a half long. It yeah, takes you short. three mm. minutes to read. Uh, but it's what I think of every time when I think of the singularity because it's, it's such a fascinating look at the whole thing. So we'll do that as a bonus after this. But that's why I don't fear the singularity because of that. I'll, I'll look it up real quick. You don't on. fear it because you're stupid. Uh, okay. <laughs> you should be terrified. And the last thing I need is robot bees. Okay, I fucking remember Killer Bees. All right, I remember. Do you remember that? Do you remember that movie from the seventies? Bees. I don't think I ever saw that. Oh man, I remember watching this. It was it was on TV. It was on like regular cable TV, and it was about like av- cool. it was about killer bees. And they were like, I remember they were swarming all over this this the, like this guy and the girl who were trying to survive. They were crawling under the doors and getting in through the house. And they usually they literally used like a toilet paper funnel with like a little screen over it so they could breathe so they wouldn't climb in their mouths and Dude, suffocate them. I remember when I first found out about killer bees, and I was in like a fucking panic for a month every day. Dude, anything I saw flying, I thought was a killer bee. Well, when you get those when you get those uh, carpenter beetles that come by your head. Those, I, was, was, that old, I don't care who you Texas, are. Let me ask you this. Wait, let me, let me ask you this. How were you upset? They called them African bees. Oh, I was pissed, okay. bro. I was mad hot, son. <laughs> African <laughs> eyes. African eyes. I was just saying. Part. Part. Yeah, eyes part is where it bothers me. I remember seeing a video in class. African bees. That's not so bad. When they were like, oh, they were African eyes. No, you don't even know. I remember saw the video in fucking class and they were like oh they're Africanized and then that's when they became and they started doing yeah, this, like violent like like imagery yeah. and I was like what the fuck <laughs> I was like this shit is so racist are you kidding me spoken like a real Africanized human ow <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking going right oh. on the board. I hate all you <laughs> they're flying in a swarm and yeah. they're, they're like Bzzz. Well, I thought it was weird because it's like I remember in Bowling Bowling for Columbine, uh-huh. like some of the fucking weird tangents that Michael Moore went off in that movie, where you're like, "What are we talking about anymore?" Yeah. Where he's like <laughs> talked about the honeybees, he goes, "Africanized honeybees," and I was like, "Let's be fair, mm-hmm. like I don't I don't know that that relates to like the, a shooting. the Southern California yeah. riots." Yeah. You know I mean, like I'm I'm sorry, I don't mean to you know rabble rouse, but like I don't feel like. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was. Maybe that was the. But but it is weird they use African eyes instead of just African. You know what I mean? Mm. Or African hybrid bees would have been. I mean, today we use. Maybe they didn't use the word hybrid back then. I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. But the fact that they use the word African eyes is very strange. It's, very it's not strange. strange. It's selective. It's selective. It's strange. How do we? How do we? Exactly why they. How do we? How do we? How do we convey how dangerous these bees are? Right? Uh, chink bees? Nope. nope. Uh, <laughs> spick bees? Nope. Africanized, Africanized bees. Oh, and the mm. nickname would be killer bees. Yeah. <laughs> you are they strange? That was the most natural shit in the world. Yo, yo, bees, yo, yo, oh listen. I got some South Central bees on the way over. <laughs> yo, the only thing they could have done else was saying, saying, oh, we got these Comptonized bees. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, what? <laughs> look, Comptonized. look, the Brooklyn bees, right? And the Compton bees is going to get together and it's going to be some blood and crypt bees up in here. We got these bees with Real attitude. Quick. Uh, hey, let me ask you something. This is completely off topic, but I was thinking about this because we, we, uh, uh, 
uh, I was I was just about to start quoting uh, uh, the B.I.G. there. You gotta get and, that uh, when we did that, screen, bro, it's freaking me the fuck. All right, I'm sorry. It's freaking. Uh, it's freak. It may be all of the ripping. When, when we watched that video of uh, of of sort of Hitler doing the B.I.G. opening thing, whatever. When listening to that thing, there's a part where he where he says Tony Brooklyn. Ma- where he says yeah, where he says Tony Mateo, and the whole crowd like all of a sudden is like whoa. Who the fuck? What is? I tried to look that up. Try to Google it. I got nothing. What the hell does that mean? When he's like something, yeah, something, yeah, yeah, something, Tony Mateo, and like everybody goes, and then he busts into something else. What is that? What is that? What the hell does that mean? I'm not sure about that reference. I th- I feel like whenever I've heard that one, I think he's actually saying Tony. I think it's a Scarface reference. To be honest with you. I think it's a Tony Montana, but it gets referenced in a Tony Monyeo or something like that. That's fair. I'm not sure. That's fair. As you know, all rappers, uh, particularly, uh, love the Scarface. Yeah, which is I know weird that. to me. I'm, I'm well. How which is, is that weird? Yeah. Hold on. Where Brooklyn at? Hold on. That's how I got the weed spot. I shot Dredd in the head, took the bread and the lamb's bread. In my head, I, he was just going Mateo, and oh. I was like, what, Mateo? I don't, still don't know what the Mateo was. He did say Mateo, and then he did say Tony Mateo. That's when everybody was like, mm. whoa! Did you ever see that, the Hitler, the Big E speech? No. I gotta say, I'm gonna just play it for you real it's quick. A, oh my god, it's one of the greatest things in the uh, world. So it's shout out yeah, to my, show me. Shout out to my, it's abs- uh, my it's, people's Jenny Morrissey. She's the one who showed me that video. It is upsettingly powerful. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say that? Like because because like the, where we're Brooklyn talking, at? The way that he the way that he does the way the way the it's, a, it's I guess sort of a freestyle uh, rap whatever it's a live it's thing. a Biggie Tupac you, it's you heard it just Biggie now. Tupac freestyle yeah you, you just heard like a piece of it and like clearly the audience is like losing their shit yeah. the moment he says where Brooklyn at where Brooklyn yeah. at so it's like you get the impression this crowd loves everything this dude's saying it, it's it, it would be like like being in front of your own people at a comedy club and you're just and you're just killing it mm. and they're like yeah. You know, and you just feel like powerful and powerful, and that's the way. Uh, there's something really powerful about this. This this, and, and and after the show that we played this on, I asked Teddy. I was like, All right, "What's some other Biggie songs I can listen to?" And I wasn't into them, but oh. this, like, I feel this. <laughs> oh no, because it's, it's so like, raw. It's, so I, it's, raw. it's got such a like. There's, there's, you almost you have to be inhuman not to be like, you know what? I feel that. I, I kinda, <laughs> I'm down with that. But but what's fucked up is that like they they. Oh. God. They put them, and then, but but Hitler is, you know, on the screen while they're doing it. He's at a not. It's a it's a Nazi speech. Yeah, from it's, a Nazi it's, rally. and and you know Hitler's doing. He's very excited, and so you see, and, and the they lip sync the words to what Biggie's saying. It's it's like I said, it's flawless. frighteningly powerful. It's frighteningly powerful. Triumph of the will. Just watch out. It's it's frighteningly powerful. That's all I'm telling you. If you were Jewish, you'd be running. Right? It's a little frightening, yeah. Even if you had MC Hammer and the 357 bitches, Big 
people just going, I feel like I just got. <laughs> don't, don't ever. If you write that on the board, I will smack you like a baby. I'm christening. I will be. Jump the shark right now. Oh God, I'm sorry. Did you really just shout out the? Do you see what happens to these? Oh my God. This is the power of it's rap Biggie. lyrics. That's what it's doing to our youth. Oh my God! But but you under, you see what I'm saying? Like that's such campaign. a powerful like a powerful powerful uh, flow, speech, rap, uh, jam, uh, slam, uh, spam, freestyle, freestyle. Okay, there you go. You know, I, I, How white am I? I went through remarkable. like ten fucking terms and nothing worked. Like somewhere, somewhere there was a kid like with a with a mind comp on his shelf, and he's like, you know what? I really dig this. Biggie dude. Now I feel like what happened is like some kid saw like in the classroom setting they watched okay we're gonna watch Triumph of the Will mm. and I don't know why the teacher decided to show some Nazi propaganda footage in class but the kid was watching and he had been jamming Biggie <laughs> and he was like you know these Nazis is popping off kind of like that crowd was in that Biggie video. Mm. I remember mm. uh, I, I was on VH1 and I think it was uh, it was about it is a famous freestyle. It was about a doc. It was like a documentary about about like the satanic panic of the 80s and things oh, like this God. and like backward lyrics and things like that. And I don't remember who it was 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 doing some you know giving some speech about the whole thing and like all these bands are evil and they're satanic. And they were they he was talking about how he saw footage of people doing the horns, yeah, going to the beat. He's like, it was like Nuremberg. It was like, it was like when Hitler gave his speeches, and they played for just maybe like five seconds. Hitler doing his, mm. you know, and there's just people going. Oh. See, there was a time, and when I was like, okay, I guess if you're gonna if you're gonna do that with it, yeah. but like. I don't know. It's 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 do, there is a fascinating thing about like the Nazi mindset and huh. there is a fascinating thing about Hitler's speeches. And I it, what I guess what upset me as a child is that like they always just showed they never had subtitles. Mm. Never a subtitle. And so as a child and I, I don't know if I, I to this day I don't think I've ever seen a Hitler speech with subtitles. So certainly as a child, uh I remember thinking like how could and this is this is what the the, the damage done uh-huh. to Germany is that we don't get the context yeah. of what he's saying. Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, all you hear is like they killed a bunch of Jews and this guy was the reason for it. So when he's standing up there, all you think is he's going, gotta kill all of them. <laughs> all of them. If you see a Jew, kill him. If he talks about locks on a bagel, shoot him in the face. Right? <laughs> 
And he's like really passionate about it. I'm serious. All of them. Every fucking one of them. But like as an adult, you're going, wait a minute. That's like you do any research on World War II. And that's not what he said. No. He wasn't going, we got to kill these fucking Jews, blah, blah. He was a lot more. Obviously, when you look at his speech, it's not subtle is the wrong word to say. But like. More, it was more nuanced. Mm-hmm. It was just like our country's under attack. Yeah. Well, it's it's the same fear propaganda that Glenn Beck's been pushing that that Fox News Absolutely. puts out. It's that Absolutely. you're under attack. You have to be yeah. afraid. There's, there's others. There's, yeah, yeah. It's the fear of the it others. It just uh, so happens that he had a he had a face to the others mm. as opposed to just an ideology. A generalized, yeah, a, a generalized of, ideology is yeah. difficult. But but like you can. But in Hitler's case, yes, he put a face to them. Yeah. But it upsets me because like I feel like when when. You know that that's the that's the whole thing is the never forget. You know the Nazi I, I'd never forget what happened over mm-hmm. there. But I feel like you're not telling the whole story if we don't get to find out what, what he was saying. Yeah. Except I feel like I need a story behind because I don't know. Mm-hmm. Tell me, I guess uh, the we'll both go. of you when you were learning this in school, when you were learning about World War II, when you were learning about Hitler, and you were learning about Nazism, and you were learning about his speeches. Didn't you think that's what he was saying? Was like kill all the Jews? Well, no, I think I think, and maybe this is. I mean. Uh, uh, and this might be very different, I think, for Derek and I coming from a minority perspective. C. But I think. As we learned before, the he's thing, black adjacent. The thing I think um, that I always. I went into learning about uh, sort of World War II and all of that uh, good jazz, uh, if you will, is. You know, I think I, I've shared with you before that. When I was a kid, my parents wanted me to watch uh, movies about uh, historical black mm. uh, uh, situations like A Time to Kill or Rosewood or anything like that. I couldn't do it because I was so overcome with existential terror. And I would say, what is to stop that from happening again right now? Yeah. Right. And they had, I mean, obviously, what do you, do you have? And I was like, the only thing is people. Yeah. And then you grow up and you look around at all the people just accommodating that system and then you you know so like i it took me well uh until like my later teenage years before i could really like, handle the visceral impact of what those movies would produce in me and so like for for the situation uh with with nazi germany specifically what i guess always sort of fascinated me was the sort of the banality of evil if you will that's yeah. the, that's what mm, sure. always fascinated sure. me and how do you turn this you know and then like you know the more you learn about it the more you just realize the depths and the complicity and the just brutality behind it and just how not only that but it was uh, encompassed in this very clinical methodical clean processing and the yeah. way that they brought in people and used them as props to further their scientific propaganda about well the skulls of this race and yeah. that race you know and how everyone just got funneled into that system and it's the clinicalness of it and the officialness of it i think that always sort of uh not necessarily appealed to me but fascinated me mm-hmm. In that sense, just like now, where like if you have a conversation with people, it'll be like, you know, the Civil War never really ended, right? Yeah. Then they would be like, you're crazy. Yeah. But it's like, well, like no, just like look, like look at the South. Yeah. Just just look at it. It's the like the new Coke of genocide. Right. I mean, it's it's the mentality. It's like putting it in a box and and marketing right. it. And, and it's that and it's the brink of you know, uh, Joseph Goebbels would give a thumbs up to the Republican Party's Southern strategy, which yeah. is the big lie. Yeah. It's essentially an American big lie. 
you know? And so there's no disconnect at all, man. Mm. That's why you end up with a fucking professional con artist who made his living just taking companies, loading them up with debt, getting him and his friends mm. rich, and then fucking throwing and them all the carcasses. Yeah. yeah, I mean, no, unless you work now, he's got the, now he's got the ultimate all property. Right, wait, wait. There's the, the, the thing that, and, and I'm trying not to get too like conspiratorial and stuff like that, but like the thing when you when you read, because I was trying to remember the famous quote that uh, Herman Goring. Of course, the Egyptians had sex with aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it was aliens, <laughs> but it was definitely aliens. That dude has such aliens. That dude has such a did narrow you, did you, scope dude, of Dude, I love his hair. History. He's got the greatest hair in the world. The the, the, the Goring quote mm. about about uh, about how you. Sort Sort of indoctrinate people to Nazism and like, oh, we're going to kill these Jews oh. and whatever have you, or kill these people. Yeah, not specifically. <laughs> uh, was what that always stuck with me, and that was quoted a lot when Bush was president because he talked about like you're either with us or with yeah, the or against us. Something. Yeah, it's Chris Rock. And then I, like, so I was trying to like look up. I was like, where the fuck did I read that? Where can I find the exact quote? So I was just, I was like, Gehring trials, mm. things like that, and I and I found a whole like list of Nazi quotes and. uh Interestingly, one of the earlier quotes was Richard M. Ebeling. I don't know who that is, honestly. Uh, I feel bad. But his quote is like way too long to read, so I'm not going to bother with it. But it talks a lot about like education and like educating kids uh-huh. and things like this, which, you know. Or even de And this is where, this is why I talk about, this is why I say, this is yeah. why I say I'm worried about, like, I don't want to get into conspiratorial things, but like, you know, when the Republican Party tries to take over the educational system and uh-huh. like, and, and dismiss biology mm-hmm. and dismiss Thomas uh, Jefferson. Uh, yeah. Thomas Jefferson. Rewriting and, and textbooks and, and yeah, civil dismiss, yeah. dismiss evolution yeah. and like, well, let's teach the controversy and things like that. Anyway, the, the Garing quote for anybody wondering is, uh, why of course people don't want war. Why should some poor slob on a farm want to risk his life in a war when the best he can get out of life is to come back to his farm in one piece? Naturally, the common people don't want war neither in Russia nor in England or for that matter in Germany. That is understood, but after all, it is the leaders of the country who determine the policy and it is always a simple matter to drag the people along, whether it is a democracy or fascist dictatorship or a parliament or a communist dictatorship. Voice or no voice, the people can always be brought to the bidding of their leaders. That is easy. All you have to do is tell them that they are being attacked and denounce the peacemakers for lack of patriotism and exposing the country to danger. It works the same in any country. Mm-hmm. Which is, that's like, that's that thing where you like read that and yeah. you, you just chills yeah. down your spine. Yeah, that they have it, that you have it uh, down to a science. Well, I mean, again, it's by that point, you know, where I. Especially I think coming back- from Arizona where they pass all those fucking. And I gotta say, my father, uh, not a lot of respect for the dude, uh, very racist in many, many ways when, you know, and he moved our family to Arizona like a weirdo. Uh, when I talked about the, the law, about the, the, the immigrant, like if you get pulled over, uh-huh. show ID, show your papers, yeah, show all your this papers. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I gotta say, you know, I don't throw, you know, Godwin's law, I don't throw Nazism around. And yeah. I'm just like, you're a Nazi, you're blah, yeah. blah, blah, Hitler. I try not to do that because it's just too easy to fucking devolve into that. And I said, I said, just the fact that the show your papers thing fucking bothers me. And my own father, who's, again, terrible racist from the old world, uh, was like, yeah, makes me uncomfortable too. Mm-hmm. And this is a guy who will defend the conservative party. He was... He supported Bush to to this day will still support the second Bush mm. like v- vehemently and and yet he was like that kind of made me uncomfortable 
Like that, you know, like that yeah. was such a weird, like, okay, so I'm not crazy. All right. Uh, yeah. Well, I think this is the thing that's interesting. I can't remember which of the, the founders. Well, there, there, I mean, there, uh, before you get into that, there are always ulterior motives. I mean, Jan Brewer, you know, has direct connections to private prisons and she's making a profit. Yeah, she's deconnected right. to the yeah. private prison industry in there. So, I mean, I mean, but I think, again, it's that. I can't remember if it was like Jefferson or or John Adams, uh, but one of the founding fathers who made the point that, you know, like in terms of the science and the study of the arts and everything else, you know, human evolution and advancement has just been incredible. Mm. I can't remember the exact quote, but he's like, in terms of the science of government, we're still basically where we were at the beginning, Mm. you know? And I feel like from that leap to sort of the enlightenment and kind of where we are now, the science of government definitely was studied very meticulously by regimes like Nazi Germany mm-hmm. and and the lessons that they learned which you just read Mitch are horrifying yeah. and frightening yeah. in terms of their realization about the basic level of human nature and human psychology yeah. and how easy it is to, to manipulate, manipulate and how vulnerable it is to external conditions mm-hmm. And I think about that quote because, you know, for them to, to found and you read the things they say about America being this great experiment in terms of government and so sure. on and so forth sure. and, you know, in terms of enlightenment principles and, and you, you hear one of them say, you know, this about the study of government and that's what they were doing. Yeah. They were creating this new government because they were trying to study government and figure it out. And we know a lot of things about government and how people respond to government. And we know, I feel like the biggest lesson that we've kind of come to learn is that it's very easy to forget that humans created government as a recourse to the brutality of the natural world. Mm. And it's very then easy to turn that government uh, into some sort of uh, boogeyman or spectra to use to your political advantage, you know, Mm -hmm. either in power or out of power. But it's the same fundamental buttons that you can push in the human psyche and produce this mass irrationality. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that makes it such a hard struggle in the sort of long moral arc of the universe, to borrow a page from you know Dr. King, in that uh, you know what you need to do, but it's just it's the the depths of it to go against you know human nature and try and correct something fundamental there. Mm is a very daunting task, mm-hmm. I guess. Absolutely. And I was trying to find the exact quote, but the uh, uh, when it comes to, like, uh, like uh, the liberation of Germany, whatever have you, when it j- just post-war, there was, a, there, was this, there was this huge push uh, from the American side to be like, document fucking everything. Uh, we want to know how they did this. <laughs> yeah, we want to know how they did this, and we we uh, there was a. I'm trying to find the exact quote, but there was a there was an exact quote that uh, that was basically like document everything because I don't want 50 years from now people to say this didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I need proof, and I want that documented so that nobody can be like, well, and yet here we are. 
You know what I mean? And there are, but there I think again, Mel Gibson's fathers around that uh, that I go like, well, it wasn't really like, but well, I, you know, it's a conspiracy I, from the Jews and whatever have you. I think what's you know, so powerful like, uh, about that is that even people who were alive uh, while it was happening were denied. Deny it, yeah. And more importantly than that, if it were not for someone having the foresight and the fortitude and the clout to get it all documented. Uh, the denialist would have just that much more. Yeah. And I think well, the there's better, no, where there's no evidence. Well, I there's think the, no the better example yeah. that you can see is with climate change, where no matter how many times yeah. you, the you denialist studies with, have been debunked yeah. and how many times people have come out and confessed that it was, you know, a bunch of junk science intended to uh, persuade, yeah, or, or yeah. intended to uh, intentionally uh, confuse the dialogue and distract people mm-hmm. from the truth, you still have a firm camp of entrenched denialists. Yeah. And despite that evidence it being accumulated in overwhelming senses in real time, that's not even a historical thing, you know, a historical genocide, an atrocity, yeah. you know. And it's the same sense where think about slavery and how, you know, I, you saw the article that I, I posted uh, about the Arkansas yes. state representative yes. who has a self-published book about it's the feelings of a frustrated conservative. Mm-hmm. And he talks all about how uh, slavery benefited. Yeah. He's blacks. like, well, it wasn't. What are they complaining about? I mean, right. they 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 benefited in right. the it's long like run. Their grandchildren got the greatest gift of all. To be yeah, born they got in great genes. They right. run fast and so, they jump high. And that in its sense is a very strong strain of denialism to think that the brutality of the slave trade is somehow some sort of beneficial thing. When mm. you think about the realities, if you get into the empirical fucking uh, uh Techniques of mm-hmm. what happens on a slave ship and let how me, people let me ask Well, it's all let part me of- ask you something on a, on, a, on a separate level, but it's related to that same thing. There was that sports commentator. I don't know his name, but Bill Burr talked about him on one of his albums. Where he was talking about the his, oh yeah 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 I know who you're talking yeah, about yeah yeah he got like fired right he got a shit yeah, hand which for is like, like whoa I just know we don't have enough black guys on our team yeah and his his whole thing was like well we we in a, in a not with the ideology of the Nazis, but we followed the same path of like breeding the fastest and strongest of the slaves mm. that are now, uh, you know, many generations down, they're the strongest and fastest of the athletes. And people gave him a whole lot of shit about that. Right. And, and, I don't, and clearly he wasn't saying, I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't hear the exact quote, to be fair. So the bit, I don't know if he was the, I don't know if he bit. was going like this is a this is a promising thing but I don't know if he was just saying like look these are the facts the yeah. reason why is because they were fucking killed and bred into this. Well, no, that's actually. A- do you think that the do you do where do you come down on like do you say like that guy absolutely should be fired for pointing out this terrible history of the United States? I think States, it's a reflection of a society that doesn't want to have an honest conversation mm-hmm. more than anything. It is on him because a better example is I believe the uh, the sprinter Michael Johnson during the 2012 Olympics. Uh, he's a you know, famous American sprinter yeah. from Olympics gone by. I think it was him. But he is sort of talking a lot about the sense that because of slavery and the way that black Americans were bred, that's how it happened. You bred us. 
that you know there are certain benefits in terms of them being sprinters. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And so he was trying to push for that dialogue to happen, and he was trying to use the Olympics as the venue to sort of make it go into the global consciousness. Because yes, unfortunately, the result of having a slave society all of a sudden be, you know, somewhat liberated, is that you have to deal with the fact that you spend centuries upon centuries upon centuries breeding black individuals to become uh, fast and strong and muscular so that they could be worked mm. and that you bred them with other, you know, women so that the children would be strong and you could sell them for profit. And the ones who were smart, you killed, as Chris Rock famously pointed out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so... That's the conundrum that we're in right now. Do you think? Do you think that from now on, every uh, because if that dialogue would have happened, that uh, the 2012 Olympics, you would have had to register <laughs> as like. So are you? Uh, are we? We've tested your urine for uh, for <laughs> enhancing <laughs> performance enhancement drugs, uh, but you are black. So this is yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. This is the time where I have to ask you uh, to submit to the slave gene test. <laughs> I know. No, listen. I know you're only a quarter. I know that, okay? But, but you, you could have, have an listen, unfair advantage. The one drop rule, we both know, okay? <laughs> so just let me do my job, please. I'm six months away from retirement. <laughs> No, but you're absolutely right. It comes from it comes from this whole notion of like, oh, well, you should just get over it, or it's the victim's fault. I mean, there's this really incredibly arrogant just standpoint of. Well, uh, this is another. This is oh, go well, ahead, you know what it comes down to. I, I speaking as the white man here. Is getting beat up left and right. No, um, you know how you should be. <laughs> <laughs> but like there, there is that there is that feeling where. Uh, where you go, like, I personally did nothing. Yeah. Like, I didn't have anything to do with that. And, and everyone who's currently alive in all of the annals of my family history had nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. That's not to say they didn't, like, go, get over it. I'm yeah. sure they did. Right. Uh, but there is, that's, that's the pushback. It's the same pushback. That you see to a lesser degree, but you still see it of of like men's rights mm. and like this this right. like we got to push back against feminism. Like we let women vote, we let women get jobs, and now everybody's getting divorced because yeah. you bitches won't stay at home and cook. And yeah. I think, and it's like, and you just go like, you can't pretend that the better way to go is was how it was to, to hold yeah. people down yeah. and fucking tell them what to well, do. I guess this is Maybe your fucking constitution of marriage is a bad idea and you mm. haven't come to an egotistical like in your in your own uh e- egotistical way in your own in your own uh, uh psyche mm. you haven't come to a way to 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 rectify the idea that your partner is not your slave. Yeah. And I, if you haven't come to that, then yes, you're going to have a bad marriage. Well, I think this is the thing, uh, and I know we got to wrap up so we can do some bonus stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I just sort of to sort of uh, kind of bring it all full circle. Uh, when you look at American society and culture, when you look at uh, the predominant sense of corporate America as being sort of the quintessential idea of the American dream, mm. you know, and if you look at the working conditions, you look at the labor conditions, right. they're no different than 
a hundred years ago before Labor Day was a thing. Yeah. When Haymarket yeah. Square riots happened, you know, when Detroit labor riots happened because unemployment was astronomical. So in that sense, when you you go, well, I didn't do anything. It's the idea that, yeah, you didn't do anything, and that's kind of the problem. Kind of why, because yeah. Because you were sold a lie, and your parents were sold a lie, and your and their parents were sold a lie. And over time, you forget that there's another side to the equation who, kind of like they always say, the secret war in Laos wasn't a secret war to the Laotians. Mm. Yeah. It's not a secret war that the civil war is still raging for minorities. Whereas on the flip side, privileged white individuals will hear someone say that, oh, I'm in an interracial relationship and like me and my girlfriend get a lot of shit and they go, I would have thought, thought people got over that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's how you know that we're not even close to having the same conversation. So it's that sense of at some point, America has to realize that one side of the ledger has been swallowing lies exponentially larger than the other side, and they're going to have to make an agreement amongst themselves to just dig their heels in and say, okay, enough with the bullshit. Yeah, let's get our hands dirty because and let's, you let's have talk to, about this. You have to meet non-white America halfway, yeah. and that's the problem. You know what I mean? You want us to accept that history doesn't exist, yeah. and it's never going to happen. And that, I feel like, is the greatest disconnect, because one side knows history, and the other side has Hollywood saying, based on the true story, with no metric of anything. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, I guess, until we bridge that disconnect, ain't going to be no peace. <laughs> I, I will uh, unfortunately have to agree with you there. Uh, I, I say unfortunately because it's again, it's like, it's, it's, uh, I'm meeting halfway. I have a black co host. You see this? You see? This and that's not, why the show works. This is not straight reverend with Reverend Mitch. And then I started off and go, and there's another guy here. Hey, there's a. To be fair. Yeah. Uh, but even still, uh, yeah, yeah. And that's, but I'm just saying that's, that's where the, that's where the argument, that's where the, the anger comes from, quote unquote. Is it? Um, it's people going like, "Well, I didn't do this thing," right? And it's and it's silly because you go like, "Yes, you didn't do that thing, but you can't pretend that thing didn't happen." Didn't happen. Right. That's that's just uh, to leave well, on that note for the show yeah. is that like is that yes, you didn't do that thing, but to pretend that it didn't happen means that you're uh, letting the the thing you didn't do. Be acceptable. Don't be a denialist. Yes. No and, more and denialism. Well. All right. Derek, where Go can ahead. the people find you? What do we got? Uh, I'm on Twitter. Wanna, uh, prog? I'm on Twitter. Follow me at Derek Lemos, uh, D-E-R-R-I-C-K-L-E-M-O-S. That's two uh, R's. Two R's, I-C-K. Uh, Derek, just Derek Lemos. You'll, I'm, I'm there. Uh, I've been writing one-liners on the Twitter? I don't really do one-liners. Okay. I'll make like little witty observations. Like when Michael Clark Duncan died, yeah. I was like, oh, it looks like he got called to do Armageddon 2 with, with Neil Armstrong. All right. I mean, right. it's, it's good. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a low blow it was no no i look i i but that's uh, that's uh, that's the only thing is like i've always been i've always had a huge problem with uh-huh. brevity mm-hmm. twitter has helped it, me it's it like, helps I, I have i have made 10 minutes mm-hmm. out of a single tweet mm-hmm. that i made 
where I'm like, what's the what's the fucking essence? It's good practice for cutting it's the fucking fat. Great. It's good I, practice for cutting the fat. Every time there's a comic on here, it's like I don't really get into Twitter. I'm yeah. like, listen, you need this isn't it. about your ego and shit. Yeah. This is about like. If you can get the essence of whatever a joke is and you can write it in 140 characters uh-huh. and people retweet it or favorite it or whatever, that's a good joke. Yeah. If you can't, if you can't, uh, simplify it down to those things mm. and get anybody to give a shit, mm. then don't write a joke out of it. Yeah. Um, let's see. I do the blog, uh, gettingthelight.com. Yeah, yeah. Gettingthelight.com. Uh, on Facebook, my fan page. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a couple YouTube videos. I don't have a YouTube channel, but if you YouTube me, I'm, I'm there. Get on it, man. I know, dude. I, I just got a camera. Like, I'm going to start recording my sets. And, and They're like $5 stuff. these days. I mean, come on. Uh, but I've been behind. I didn't, even have, I didn't have a Twitter until like six months ago. That's true. It's, I remember last time you were on, you mentioned you didn't have a Twitter. You're like, I don't really get into Twitter. Yeah. We, we gave you a lot of shit for that. Yeah. Well, now I understand. Although at this point, at, at that point, eight months ago, I still had to convince Teddy to get a Twitter. Yeah. Well, I, I'm a what? I'm a brand but new man. No, from but now. now, no, but like in the last eight months, yeah. Teddy's got like three Twitters. Yeah. Well, from so like, like <laughs> or four. I don't know how many you have. You have a lot. I got three. Yeah. Well, from eight months, he, he'll, yeah. he'll like start Twitter projects. He's like, here's the Twitter just to quote this one book. Mm. And like, it's, it's insanity. So, you know. Well, from eight months ago to now, like, if anybody saw me on my old set, like, it was witty and punchy, but it wasn't really me. Right, uh, right. to like to, to go full circle and back to the beginning. Right. Uh, this new shit is really just like personal and raw and fucking and i feel for the first time i feel like i i found my voice i feel like i found me good 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 stuff, good stuff you got some shows coming up or what uh i was Other just in the oaks and tonight oh, well, in like tonight two yeah, hours? No, um tomorrow i'm at the soda bar in san diego wow uh, it's five bucks um let's see i'm at quesera on the 17th that's in long beach um and that's it. I mean, I have I have another improv, Brady improv show in November, but I don't know the exact date yet. Okay, cool. Tedrick, uh, I believe that uh, other than the screech, of course, right? Uh, as always, uh, I'm doing a gig. I think this Saturday at uh, Famosa. Is that where it's at? I think so. So Famosa uh-huh. Cafe Saturday. Am I supposed to be it. there? I I feel like, is that where it's at? Like, yeah, the- yeah. No, you're gonna be there, Mitch. I'll see you there. I um, mean, I, you, know, you can also uh, holler at my Tumblr. Republicans want to end Medicare. Tumblr. Com. <laughs> you also have like a hundred Tumblers. I've, 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 I've got noticed that. I've got two Tumblers. I've got Republicans want to end Medicare, uh, and all, uh, Republicans also want to end Medicaid. Uh, so holler at all my Tumblers. But you got another one. Don't I got you? I got my Teddy Tutson. Tumblr. Com. That's three tumblers. I'm all over the tumbler streets, son. Running them. Running them. uh, I I also have uh, another tumbler called Mitt Romney is the worst. Uh, (laughs) So that's four. There you go. So there should be pictures of him and his prancing, his dancing pony and like his giant uh, jet, giant private jet. It's good. It's good. Uh, I, uh, shit. I always forget. Maybe I'll be at Formosa this Saturday. Maybe I'll, uh, I'll persuade TK Uh, to put me up as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're uh, Brooklyn at. Thanks for listening to Straight Riffin'. You can catch all past and future episodes of Straight Riffin' on the official website, riffin.net, R-I-F-F-I-N.net. 
Keep in mind, we do air live every Monday night from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific time. That's 10 p.m. to midnight for you East Coasters. You can actually watch that right on Facebook, on our fan page, facebook.com slash straightriffin. Like us, check out the Ustream page. You can even chat while we're doing the show. That's how we interact with the fans. We thank you so much for listening. Check out riffin.net. Buy my album. Buy Teddy's album. We'll catch you again next time. It ripped the fuck up. Bitches!